You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hardcore podcast. I'm Patrick. I'm Bob. And I'm Tom. Now, gentlemen, we're going to do our sponsors, but let, let's real quick. Uh, I have a pressing issue. Oh, mm. what do you got? <clears throat> um, I would like to talk about the When We Were Young Fest. Oh, oh. <laughs> hold, hold, Braveheart style, hold. It, it, it I don't is. want to talk about that. No, okay. uh, it's got to get talked about. We got to talk about that one. This is going to be a salacious, uh, sexy episode. Mm. We, it's, mm. it's a lot of fuck. Let's do sponsors real quick and we'll get to it. it, it we have a purpose today, everybody. There's a, like yeah. a focus to this episode, but I'm afraid we're going to float away for a long time. First, first 20 to 30 are going to be. Yeah, this, we, we got some fun times, but what we're going to do, I'm going to be I'm going to be fast. Like we're going to run, run like the wind. Um, deathwitchinc.com go to there deathwitchinc.com yo they did a hope conspiracy death knows you, your name deluxe oh, edition I just got it okay uh, In the mail. it looks it looks great yes it looks great um, you need to hear it it's been remastered uh, featured the original 11 songs includes another song Euro Hell um, and it's you know was not available except it was on the Hang Your Cross EP now it's here so um you got to get this, Tom. Go in. Tell us about the the packaging. It's just it's 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 all black, so it's like two different kind of shades of black. But I'm colorblind, so it could be green for what I'm telling you guys. So I apologize. Um, but so it's like the original. But it, it's like um, what's it? What did they call it? It almost looks like a lacquer. Mm-hmm, sure, Bob. You're like a guy that knows this sort of stuff. So like yeah. you know, it's flat black. Like the the cover itself is flat black, and, and then, then there's, there's the like part, right? Yes. Yeah, me and this is this is me and Patrick can't remember what this is called. There's a nope. specific term for it. We love it. We praise it. Gicle. I think both. Yeah, both <laughs> both Patrick with self defense and me with Collapse Records have done records like this. It is the coolest thing because um, it's not really so. The way they do that, Tom, just the the inside baseball is that you essentially print it matte printing and then a spot of a clear print on top of it, a clear glossy print. Or, you know, hey, shine. So it looks so like just different enough. It's just different enough. And it's it's really a simple process. Like people who actually do this work are like, well, yeah, that, that's not a big deal. Sure, we can do that. But it looks like so much more than it is. Oh, it looks, so, it looks incredible. It's, it's, it's awesome. Um, the layout's cool. Um, comes like a giant poster if that's your thing. Mm-hmm. Sounds great. Um, so, yeah. so get that. Death Wish Inc., deathwishing.com uh to live a lie go to to live pick up a bunch of stuff guys yo there's a hatred surge cassette one of the things i saw they have a regional justice center cd that has like yo it's like all the rjc you can handle get it all in the cd i think we're gonna see a weird yeah we are cd resurgence so right with nothing to play it on 
Yeah. Yo, isn't that the funny thing? God. Well, cars did away with it. Everybody's nobody's got a CD player anymore. This is this is like the flip. Good lord. I never thought I'd think that. Um there was that time when people were like, "Oh, why are you buying records? Oh, where are you going to play that on?" Oh, huh? like this for 9.99. Yeah, but now uh now you can't you can't uh can't play your CDs on anything. But I think that everybody should get that. There's a bunch of other stuff that's out there. Um, to liveli.com, hit them up. World of Inconvenience, the Regional Justice Center LP, still fucking rocks. That's the the last, not the newest one. Which the newest one is on Closed Casket Activities. CloseCasketActivities.com. Hit that official store. The vein. FM. This world is going to ruin you. Pre-order still going strong. Yo, everybody gotta know. This is a closed casket activities release. The nuclear blast worldwide version. That's cool. It's cool that CCA lit nuclear blast. Get a little shine. But if you need the real shit, you got to go get it from closed casket activities. So I don't care where you are. I don't care if you're in uh, Tasmania, uh, Mongolia, Belarus, Uzbekistan, Turkmenistan, uh, Albania. Or Albany. You got to order from closedcasketactivities.com. Go get that. Um, while you're at it, we we know it. Maybe some of our listeners know it. But our man at Closed Casket Activities is behind some of the best merch that's been around for the past 15 years, no question. In ways that you know and maybe don't know. But that's why his merch always rocks. So even though you might have a Gate Creeper shirt, the Gate Creeper shirt he does and has on his site is the better one the unexpected reality long sleeve four-sided cover the record on the front looks sick go get it and get some other merch closedcasketactivities.com finally run for cover records (laughs) killing it killing it killing it i'm going to talk about a bunch of stuff um uh, a bird on a wire told me that one of the run for cover bands uh, has been demoing new material in the high desert recently. <laughs> that is exciting. Uh, exciting to hear it. I hope to hear it sooner rather than later. Um, in addition to that, maybe Run for Cover would be more excited that we're talking about this right now, is the Magic Circle vinyl subscription. Run for Cover is offering a vinyl subscription. For those of you all that don't know, essentially you buy an exclude you buy and and run for cover has it set up you can either do the next three or the next six releases um and then international i believe it's just the next three just because the uh postage type stuff yeah exactly you get an exclusive vinyl color color of each of those records and you get bonus artwork you get the records first there's some different other little neat things that i think are really cool it's been a while since the vinyl subscription thing was around, but I think it's fucking cool. And I, yeah, I think Run Recovery cool. can pull it off. I think they can pull it pull it off. And so if you're one of those people who, yo, I'll tell you what. Any of our sponsors, Run for Cover, To Live a Lie, Death Wish, uh, Close Casket, certainly. Their most limited versions go real fast. Real fast. Back now. This way, you get in there and you're going to get one of the most the oh and this they guarantee it guarantees you the most limited variant available for every release in the subscription mm. so that holds it and it makes it so yo i'm excited about the let's say the new fiddlehead lp or the next one because there's a third fiddlehead lp 
uh, theoretically in the works. What about that? Holy shit. Um, yo, this is your way to put a placeholder in right now. So sign up for the Run for Cover Magic Circle vinyl subscription. While you're at it, buy yourself a self-defense record or shirt or fucking coaster. Who knows what they got? Uh, runforcoverrecords.com. Hit that store. I uh, I just – well, actually, Tom has been knocked. We're going to uh, – Back. Oh, he's back. Bernie was back. Okay. Listen. So thank you to our sponsors. Do support them. Uh, we see that you support them, and we love you for it. Thank you so much. Yes, that's a fact. I'm going to say something that's uh, you guys are going to clown me for this. Uh, mm. it, it regards uh, uh, Run for Cover. I remember when we talked about Fiddlehead, and I was like, yeah, I can't do it because like, Pat's a friend, and like, it, like the shit gets mm. too heavy for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so I was like, <laughs> the other day, I was like, I'm such a douche. I, I got to go in more into the Fiddlehead world. And I was watching... Uh, I want to give them their <laughs> fucking propers, but I, I don't remember who it is. Uh, I, I was watching a Fiddlehead live video. Yes. From where? Uh, from Los Angeles, I want to say. Is that possible? Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. I would like to give these people their fu- like the, Is that one eight seven? Like, it's fuck it. What is it? Hold on. I'm getting Fiddler on the roof right now as I search for Fiddler. <laughs> yeah, Pat Vamp, and I'll find it because I watched it. What if – let's think about if Pat Flynn was in Fiddler on the Roof. Oh, it'd be great. Youth Parade. I think so too. Okay, so yeah, uh, Youth Parade Fiddlehead live at 1720. Uh, I, I, I'm going to say something hyper bold. Are you ready? Let's hear it. Fiddlehead Best Live Act 2021. Like – Incredible! I don't fucking great. Like I was watching this going, bring it, man. Yeah, I was like, yo, anybody that hates on this is clowning themselves. Like this is fucking great. (laughs) So, so it's uh, without getting too much into the fiddlehead, like uh, suck off. Um, (laughs) They they pull the hardcore energy and the kind of musicality of the other world, the run for cover world, the basement world, the title fight, the the post hardcore, all that. They they get they get it and they they refuse to relent on having both an exciting and tight as hell live show. Right? Like those dudes aren't fucking around. They're not there they're not there to play sloppy. But they also know they need to exude energy on stage, and that's yeah, that's impressive. You know, good man. And yep. uh, I don't think I'm telling tales out of school. He's a very open-hearted guy. But um, I was just kind of uh, last time I saw Alex Henry, uh, f- uh, Fiddlehead in the Basement. Mm. He, he uh, I was really curious about his experience. We should have him on. Uh, He'd I, be I, wonderful. His experience between the two bands is fascinating because Basement is the thing he's been doing since he was a kid, mm. but it was the last experience. The last album was on a very big label and it was a bit of a, a, a you know, bittersweet, right? Uh, there was, a, there was a lot of, a lot of negatives to be said for all the positives. And he really credits fiddlehead with kind of like putting him back in the game of like, Oh, music doesn't need an end goal. It, it like, it right. does, like it can just be fulfilling even if you break up the next day, you know? And, yep. Uh, it, it was a fascinating conversation with a guy who has such a high level of self-awareness. We got to get him on sometime, but, um, it, I just loved that sort of, uh, that, that divide between, um, kind of the, the, a world full of expectations and where fiddleheads at, which is, 
I mean, I, I'm not predicting this, but they could literally break up any time and they would have gotten out of it what they set out to get out of it, which is Probably not more. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's not a thing that every band can say. So uh, anyway, uh, Fiddlehead, everybody watch the video and uh, watch any Fiddlehead video and go see them. Uh, it, it's just remarkable. Like it's Pat at his most comfortable on stage, which is crazy because he's actually doing something mm. that he's not comfortable doing. Like vocally, you know, like it I took think he's I think he's got himself in a pretty comfy spot at this point. Took him a lot to get here, and now he just owns this space the same way that he did that uh, modernized youth crew thing that I didn't care for nearly as much. And mm. uh, it, it is uh, anyway. Shout out to Fiddlehead. Uh, I'm now a proper fan instead of a uh, intellectual fan. Instead of a well, actually, I haven't listened to them yet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead um, of well, actually, I heard the early stuff, and it's just too heavy for me, man. All right, so we got some quick hits, and then we're actually getting into uh, to a topic today, which is fun. Uh, before we do, we have some housekeeping to do, guys. Oh, okay, let's do it. Tom, the other day, yes, we were we were trying to we we occasionally, you know, like usually, and I have to admit. Last week we recorded, and I believe I was like, hey, let's plan to record on Monday. Yes. It's MLK Day. Yes. Monday came around, which, by the way, backstory on me, my, my father-in-law was here. He got, because of the snowstorm down south, he ended up getting stuck here for an extra whole week. So I, I drive him to the airport tomorrow, but he was here a week beyond where, well, oh. not a full week, but like five days. But I was like, you know what? It's Monday. I'm t- taking care of the kids. It's got him. Yeah, let's, you know. So I was like, hey, I'm good to record. But, you know, we can do tonight or Wednesday. I, I didn't put my business out there because I didn't want it to influence. I wanted to make sure whatever worked. So I said, what would you guys like to do? You, you want to record today or Wednesday? Patrick says, Wednesday would probably be better for me. Tom, were you irked? A little bit. Now, <laughs> now I have to ask you. Were you privy to what Patrick ended up doing on his Monday night? Oh, no. No, I just was oh, like, okay. we talked about, like, let's do Monday. And I was like, oh, cool. I'm off. Like, maybe we could start a little yeah. early. I yeah, won't have to like, sure. work all day and then come to talk about hardcore. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know? Is, <laughs> um, yeah. You, you would have been and, able to come in fresh. Right. Right. And dude being like, you know what? Wednesday works better for me. The dude with three jobs – but yeah, it's, I said three I jobs said in 15 hours. hours of work. Yeah. Um, so Patrick, uh, well, I was almost convinced Tom, but maybe I was like, Oh, I don't know. Tom might be hot at PK about this. I mean, yeah, you know, just a little bit. Now, if you were, you might not have been paying attention. You might've missed this one, but Eric Wilson actually spoiler alert posted, uh, what, what they got up to Monday night, huh. which was Patrick, please tell us what you were doing. Playing Halo Infinite multiplayer <laughs> and eating so neck. much snack food. <laughs> so <laughs> Bob was so, conv- Bob was convinced Tom that you had seen it and were quietly fuming that I I was like, no, nah, dudes can't do it today. <laughs> no, no, if I would have seen that, my my fuming would not have been quiet. Well, which it rarely it is. Sound Usually, and fury. Yes, yes, uh, not signifying nothing. No. So. <laughs> So I saw that. And so then today, Tom, Tom, today, let's give the peel back. 
we're like, hey, we were talking about the specifics of what what we're going to talk about. Not not the like stuff we're about to, but today's topic, which is the bubble round of '80s mosh madness. Uh, yep. We've got four records we're going to talk about two on two. The the four that are play the play in essentially the bubble. Right. These are 65, 66, 67, 68. Is that right? Yep. Exactly. If this right. was the NCAA. That's right. Yeah. So so we talk about it. We're like, oh, okay, we're going to do this. And we get a uh, a text several hours later that says, meetings are done. What records am I supposed to be listening to? Yeah. Just like, hey, man. Hey, fellas. <laughs> just just jaunting, you know, jauntily just coming in. Just well, I'll, 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 see what's going on with you guys. I'll confess the most dickish thing about the whole story is you say, is today, you guys want to do today or Wednesday? I drop in Wednesday and then throw the phone. I don't look. I don't look for replies. I'm in my own world. Uh, that's pretty dickish. Halo Infinite. <laughs> Halo Infinite on my mind. Um, well, okay. Here's my defense. My defense is I am not currently at my place, and it would have been very difficult to podcast while people are screaming, uh, you know, sticky bomb, sticky bomb. Like the, so, it. it uh, I did not really have space. The fact that I was also engaging in the Halo is not necessarily material it's less relevant yeah. yeah okay now um tom how long ago did you make the playlist for today's episode two weeks easily yeah because we were going to yeah. do this okay. and then we had christian on and we had a few things right <laughs> yeah, so, so we had some stuff once we start talking about these records i am i make no excuses because i was never mind I, we're gonna get I, into I, I called patrick earlier today and said pk i don't know tom might be might be mad I don't think he is, but I'm not sure. I'm broken down. But you better. And I told well, Patrick what I'm an R&B I say. Song. I just can't. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> Patrick, I what did I say? I said you better bring it. So we'll see. I, I want to hear from the the well, listeners and see if Patrick did a good job when we actually get to our topic. Or three of the bubble records. Yeah, he, I mean he better because I mean it's his job is being is being evaluated right now. <laughs> you better, you better, you bet. All right, yo, let's do some quick hits, guys. Let's do it. FYA, what do we know? Looked lit as fuck. It did look and, very lit. And everyone has COVID, but like it looks fucking. <laughs> yo, like I, literally everybody came back with a cough, but it looked dope. Uh, quotation: It was. Uh, special on the level of Sound and Fury 2019, which was that that was the year that Have Heart and Power yeah. headlined. Yeah, um, I think I got that same text, same person. Yep, and that it was it had that kind of um, the intangible nice magical feeling that that you hear about. Yeah, so, that's fucking great. To I mean, did you see any of the footage from like the stage? Oh, no, unbelievable! Like unbelievable. just yeah, I mean, it, during Turnstile especially, but I mean during Mind Force. There, I mean, it's legitimately like thousands of people in that room. Yo, all right. I mean, it just looks like, and Mind Force just looks like the most fun because everyone's singing along and moshing to death. That God, Pain of Truth from Long Island destroyed. They got like the. I'm trying to throw flowers here, buddy. Mm. We've we've kind of been through this. That hardcore is difficult to anytime that you say it's killing it. Somebody whose affections are for a genre that is not in the spotlight right now gets like up in their feelings about how it's not killing it, right? Yeah. Uh, I just like what everyone calls each other legend. Like you're nine. <laughs> a legend. You're 19 years old. No, nope, you're not a legend yet. So I just think that 
it's undeniable that hardcore is popping and it's popping in a way that I like to see, which is, I mean, I guess I'm not a good judge of this cause I was off. I, I haven't really been on the social media mm. very much, but like I wasn't hearing all the back and forth about whether it's cool to go to shows or blah, 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 blah. blah. Mm. I, I just saw some photos that convinced me that uh, uh, many show fucking rocked. Many people still really fucking love going to hardcore shows. Yeah, so, and I, I think that was the thing. Like people are going to take shots, and like they're not necessarily wrong. For people that went, they're not wrong either. Mm-hmm. It's been a fucking shitty situation. People are going to get triggered by certain things. Like you can't like. Then it became like, well, you're you know, you're an asshole if you didn't go to the show. <laughs> well, listen, you're, come on, man. <laughs> and like, you're an asshole for going to it. It's like, can we yeah. not? Like, people went, people didn't go. As long as, you know, like, it's fucking Florida, so it's the wild, wild west. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I had, you know, we had some some inside, some people down there, like, yeah, no one's even, like, no one's wearing a mask. Like, Morgado moshed with a mask on under his God's hate ski mask. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, he's 74 years old, moshing, but whatever. Um, <laughs> But like, so I mean, it's kind of like, well, you know, if you're gonna get it, you're gonna here's probably the best place to get. It. I mean, as you know, if you had to get it, like when I got it, I got it watching Fiddlehead. All right, mm. it could be worse ways to get it. Not like on a subway. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know I mean, like doing something you really love. So like, that's cool. But like, yeah, I mean, it looked insane. Like, Pat, I'll send you a video. Like, some dude. It actually kind of made me feel. I don't know if I'd have to find it, but like, it's like some rando, like. Well, he might not be a rando. He's rando to me. He's not one of the big, like, he's not feet first. He's not sunny. He's yep. not like a guy, sure. you know. But he's like filming from the side of the stage, but it gives me like that, like, tape. I don't know if you guys are old enough to have like traded, like, or bought tapes. Yep. Yep. Of course. Like those yeah, VHS, like, mixtapes of like, here's, so, here's, you know, Integrity in Cleveland, and here's fucking, you know, whatever, Fall Silent and Reno, like, all this sort of stuff. But it looked like that because he had like that weird, like, um, it must be like, like some kind of um, Instagram, like, filter on it or whatever. And like he keeps, which is the only thing that drives me nuts, but it made me feel like it was 1995 again. He keeps like changing like the the lens, but his like hand is over the lens. Classic. But dude, it's just it looks like the most fun like I've ever seen at a hardcore show. Like no exaggeration at like that level, and just like everyone's singing. It's like mm. definite hardcore kids, definite people that are like, I like Turnstile. I'm gonna come check this out. Yep. Like it just looked like really fucking joyous and like of all bands to kind of bring that energy, like they're the band. Yep. Yo, shout out to the whole FYI Fest. Um, heard some crazy reviews about it. The turnstile set looked magical. You guys got any other hints on this? Because I, I got a little special thing for you both. No, please go. No, uh, reporting live, I have uh, an exclusive extension here from the man behind the festival and maybe would like his friends kevin Hare. yeah so we get it straight from the source uh joining me is kevin Hare. um kev how you doing buddy i'm doing great how about you i'm good i uh i have to admit for the first time in a very long time i've seen videos from a fest uh that i was jealous i wasn't at um i'm also not gonna lie Part of it was because it was cold as shit here, and the festival was in Florida. Um, this was was this FYA eight? Yes, it was God, the eighth one. God 
damn, that's so ridiculous. I know it's crazy. Um, let's start with the easiest question. Was this the best FYA to date? I, I think it has to be. I mean, there might be things from other ones that I look at that I'm like, Oh, I really like this part or this part was better, but this was absolutely the biggest one. And Mm -hmm. it was just because it was so big and just had such a insane vibe throughout. I think that it's just impossible to say that. Uh, any other one was better than this one. And it was also uh, better than a lot of the other years where like the entire show flowed really well and it mm-hmm. culminated at the end. Oh, so which is always a thing to me. And I know you and me have talked about this privately in the past. Like it feels good when a, a show has that flow where it's building to the end. Yeah. And like sometimes you can do that. And sometimes you just can't. Sometimes yeah. there's something that just steals the show. And like you can't be mad at it, but like uh seems like it was pretty clear that Turnstile was the thing uh, the the not just the cherry on the top of the the Sunday, but also like the whipped cream and, and maybe the hot fudge too. Yeah, it was the turnstile set was absolutely one of the craziest sets I've ever seen. Like Yo, I was on stage for it and it was unbelievable. And like here's the thing, like I think of you 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 like turnstile? Uh, so in the beginning of Turnstile, I didn't really like them, but mm-hmm. I was, uh, they were always good live, but in the yep. beginning I kind of really didn't like it at all. Yeah. And then as they, uh, went on, I liked it more and more yeah. and I liked the last record. Me and then too. this record I liked a lot. Like I liked the new one way more than I ex- ever expected to. So I, I think I'm in the exact same spot. Like yeah. time and space came out and I was like, damn, this is actually really good. And it's won me over. Yeah. But I didn't, then, it didn't really like resonate with me that much. It was like, okay. this is good. Yeah. But the yeah. new one really, like I listened to it a ton. It was one of my most listened to this year. Yeah. I think they're both good. So we, we'll talk about that more. Yeah. Before we get into the meat and potatoes here, yo, um, logistic. Well, first we should ask the, the question on everyone's chapped lips. Uh, did you get COVID uh, at FYI? As far as I know, I did not. <laughs> um, that presented a lot of logistics questions, and I was saying to you right before we click record, and I, I basically said, yeah, we'll just save this for recording. I didn't hit up Bob before the fest because it wasn't going to be – I wasn't going to say anything profound. I was going to be like, yo, good luck. hope you have a good weekend. I know how crazy this shit is. I also was like, yo, he has to be getting bombarded by people. By he was fans. getting bombarded everywhere. Yeah, Every single way because it's like – there was a certain level of uncertainty with an event. So uh, tell me your perspective as, as one of, if not his closest friends, um, what, what was that having a front row seat like? Yeah. So first of all, uh, much like you, I was, he would talk to me about it a lot, but I didn't want to push him too much. So yeah. I would let him come to me and not the other way around. Because, You're smart like that. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, I think I'm like, he will tell me what he wants to tell me. If he doesn't tell me things, that's completely fine. I'm not going to be the person to try to overwhelm him with stuff, but <laughs> What's I also going know on? that he needs somebody to vent. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, he he would be uh, really the two weeks before the fest were the really like the crazy ones, and he would text me every once in a while with guess who dropped and all this type oh. of stuff. He he would do actually he would do both. He would text me when uh, think when he would get good news because there would be good news. Um, yep. and then he would text me when there would be bad news. And so, uh, it was a lot of up and down and I going before the weekend, I knew a bit of what was going on, mm-hmm. but I was like, all right, we're in, we're in better shape than I expected. 
or sorry, I say we. I, he's in better shape than I thought. Yeah, we, he would you, be. You going take in. a team stance because you yeah. really do help out. You help. This yeah. is Bob's show. Let's be very clear. It's, Bob uh, first of all, it is absolutely Bob. The people talk about an FYI team, and other people absolutely help, especially there. All sorts of people are helping, but yeah. I don't want anybody to be steered. Any, make it completely clear. This is Bob's baby. I, like, yeah, it sure is. It is. Nobody thinks about something as much as Bob thinks about FYA. That's that's very true. So, anyways, yeah. So, um, um, I knew a little bit where we were at, and uh, going in, I was like, "All right, it it could be way worse." And then when I got there, uh, I saw Bob off the plane. I was like, "How's the vibe?" And he's like, "You know what the vibe is." And I said, "Okay." <laughs> and. Uh, and then uh, as I was like, I was at the pre-show and I was just talking to people. First, we went out to eat and he would, um, he found out about a band dropping. He told me about another band dropping that I didn't know. I'm like, okay, there's a little bit more. And then I went to the pre-show and other people told me about other bands dropping that I didn't know about and that Bob Which hadn't it, told me about already. And like, let's, let's pause for a second. Yeah. The, the unspoken thing that back of your head, back of Bob's head, back of a lot of people's head is... Oh shit! Are a ton of bands going to drop? I thought yes, and right. especially the day like I was waiting for the day of. Right, because it's like, yo, there's people who are on the fence. There's anxiety. Yeah. There's apprehension, and it's like yeah. you just don't know how it's all going to sort. And right. like behind the scenes, like there's very little you can do if a band wants doesn't want to come and just right. hits you with that day of. You can't really, one, you know, one band dropped the day before, I believe. So that was the last one that I know about. But okay, yeah. But um, so yeah, it was just one of those things where like I was finding out the night before that bands that I thought was playing were already not playing. Mm-hmm. So I'm just like, we'll see what happens tomorrow. And then after that, it w- it all worked out. I mean, the one yeah. thing that was that like he texted me um that week and he just goes scowls in and I just was I could not believe it. I'm like that is unbelievable. Yeah. That was like the fact that any band that he could find anything else and the A to find a band that was like perfect timing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not only just anybody to fill space, like a perfect timing cross country yeah. thing. I was like, that is incredible. I have, I am, I was speechless almost when I saw him, when yeah, I, when he texted it, me that. That's, that's a, uh, an impressive grab late in the game like that because it's like, yo, it, it, just to kind of pull it down so anybody who's ever booked a show or thought about booking a show, if a band from far away drops, can't really do anything about it, can't be mad, you know, it is what it is. But you're in a pinch, you're going, okay, what bands from around here could I put on? What bands from and around here can mean this state, it could mean this region, etc. Right. And some of the replacements were that. Exactly. But you can't there's that's a limited pool to pull from, to be really honest. So right. So shout out on that. That was cool. So we got Scal. Okay, keep going. Yeah. So, um, so it was just kind of one of those like we'll see what it is. You know, by my estimation, it the lineup turned out to be like eighty five percent of what he kind of put out there. Yeah, you know? I think that ten bands dropped. But yep. really, when you look at like the final lineup, yeah, I, I hate to like. All the, all the bands that dropped would have been awesome, but when you look at what the final lineup is, it was like it all worked out as yeah. far as like there were things that would have been incredible, of course, but there weren't any holes. So yeah, I, I think that uh, it was. I think a that's a testament to how strong the lineup was in the beginning. Anyway, 
But uh, no, I yeah. think I think this is one of his best in terms of. Um, and if anybody's not looking, go to FYA Fest uh, on Instagram. That's the name FYA Fest. You can see the lineup. The thing he does that I, I appreciate, and it's it's what I want from a hardcore fest now, uh, ten years ago, twenty years from now, is for it to be a representation of what's going on hardcore right now. Um, and and Bob always nails that. So um, yeah, and that's good. That's really the stuff that he like loves the book too. Yeah. Like that's that's where he gets like the headliners and stuff. Like this year they worked out really well, and but other years that's like what has been harder to figure out and to get bands to agree and all that type of thing fi- figure out the right ones well but right this time a conversation like what matters what are the big bands that matter right. where it's like yo what are the current bands that people right. are excited about is is a more fun proposition yeah like cruelty was booked in february of 2020 <laughs> right so, and and like yo that's a band people are talking about right that I was the hear, first band that was people booked. talking about them two years ago you know what yeah. i mean it was like I want a Japanese band. This band is right there. I know it's going to be crazy. I know when they play, people are going to be just go absolutely insane. So they're in. So it took a lot longer than expected, but they were booked for almost two years before. And somehow they've still uh, cruelty playing the fest is actually one of the most unbelievable things about the whole thing. So why was it? Because, well, because there's, uh, Japan, like yep. there's a lot of issues with band people getting like back to Japan oh, and Japan letting people sure. back in. Makes so, sense. yeah. Okay. So like the fact that they were able to travel over and they were able to like navigate everything is just like unbelievable as well. Okay. So <clears throat> outside of the headliners, well, all right, let me pull it back. Let me do the headliner. Yeah. The one band I didn't see a ton of photos of E-Town. How was their set? Because to me... I'll say it. E-Town is a Northeast specialty. I yeah. was not sure how it would do in, in Florida. Like That's a band that with their reaction between the Hudson and the Delaware River is one thing. Um, as so- soon as they cross the Delaware, they still do okay. Totally do fine. Yeah. But then when they cross uh, other state lines, it seems like it, it's a different thing. How was it in Florida? So um, from what I saw of it, and I, I'll full disclosure, I've never been a huge E-Town guy, but from what I saw of it, the room was way more full than almost any other headliner, especially the past few years of okay. any FYA. Okay. And it seemed like the reaction and everything was really good. So Straight I up. think that cool. that was one where um, the timing was right. A lot of younger people really like E-Town. They want to see them on a big fest. Um, they've done a few of the big fest recently, but it seems like every single time there's people that hadn't seen it before that the timing works out. So, um, the town set, like it's, it was really good. Okay. All right. So, uh, going forward, we could go through a whole list. We're not going to do that. I have a few, uh, anonymous quotes that have been sent to me as reviews from FYA. I want to read those to you, yes. but I want to, I also want to get your personal highlights. So why don't you give me, you know, your three to five, uh, personal highlights of, of sets from the, the fest. Cool. So I think I already have a top five list that I've already told other people. So I'll just I'll give just it to me. I love it. I love it. So, so my favorites were uh, gridiron, um, I've seen a few of the gridiron sets so far, and this was absolutely the best one for sure. And when their new LP comes out, it's going to be pretty big, I think. So, um, is gridiron awesome. is gridiron Matt Carl's best band? Yes, I was going to make a joke, 
he's had a lot of bands. Some people have heard, and some that have never played a show. And I could have said one of one of those, but okay, you did. You, you were you were you were staying away from the deep cuts. Yeah, I'll, I'll play it. Like uh, regret, I believe was one that maybe was was better, but no. <laughs> is is gridiron better, uh, more successful, less successful, or the same level of success for for Matt Carl as his uh, fishing career? The fishing career, I think it's kind of flamed out a little bit. So as of now, gridiron's the hot hand. So he told we'll, he told we'll me a little happens. bit about it. I I, uh, I strongly encourage him to keep it going. I know that the fishing game is actually a tough one. The yeah. tournament circuit is rough, and you gotta you gotta ante up. And I don't know. He explained it to me, and it all his his participation slash uh, kind of bowing out made a lot of sense to me. But yeah. I also know, like yo, he was really pulling him in. Like, he was doing he, good. He can but, uh, wrangle. He can he can throw it out. You know. Yeah, he was he was doing good, but now he's got real life stuff going on. He's actually uh, making some moves and joining right. union and all this stuff. Oh, so. Okay. Oh, yo, how do you feel <laughs> about gridiron t-shirts having uh, an Eagles helmet and a Lions helmet on it? Cool. It's cool. You're I, with it again. I can't. I want to say something else, but they came out cool. They look cool. <laughs> I can't be a hater on it. They you're, look cool. <laughs> so you're not like what? So here's my question though. Like what if the other members of Gridiron were from Dallas? Then that, I um, mean, right? I don't think that he would be doing that band anyway. Okay. What if they were from North Jersey and they were Giants helmets? I don't think he's doing that band e- either. What if they're, <laughs> what if they're from North Jersey, but they're Jets helmets? That's fine. <laughs> Yeah, Nobody but cares it's like, about the but Jets. But it's also like ugly as shit. Like that's It'd too be much ugly. green. It'd be too really much ugly. green. All right. But the Lions are bad and it, the colors – I'm sorry. The Lions haven't been good. I don't the mean Lions to insult. Are they're, they're I don't bad. mean like, to insult I don't my uh, <laughs> Detroit <your> brethren. Your... <laughs> Yo, here's the thing though. Like who doesn't like Barry Sanders, right? Barry Sanders is cool. He rocks. And Herman Moore like, was pretty cool. Uh, uh, Calvin Johnson, cool. Cool. You know, like – and they've never, they've never, have they even, they haven't won a playoff game in the modern era. So no, like the idea funny. of drafting all those receivers was cool. Even if they weren't actually good. I agree. Good. Are you a Jalen Hurts fan? I'm indifferent on Jalen Hurts. I think you go with him. I think he was okay enough. He wasn't great in the playoffs, but I'm sick of, I don't want any more QB controversy or changes. So yeah, I just want to ride it out. Okay. All right. So gridiron highlight of the show. They're awesome. Okay. Yep. Best set Keep by far or their best set by far. Okay. Um, the other ones were uh, C4, who were incredible. Like straight uh, up stealing the show and, and yeah. like killing it on this tour down and back. Like I, I love the energy. Yeah, it was awesome. I, I saw them at the uh, Warren record release of Wilkes-Barre. Yep. And like I knew that the, the record was good, but also a bit like ridiculous. <laughs> and then seeing it live and seeing like the full package of just the singer walking around with Tim's and jeans on in the summer and just taking flat <laughs> – uh, face bumps, like just jumping right on his face. Oh, and I was just oh. like, all right, this is going to be good. And then at FYA, it was like, A, it was just a perfect, straightforward, hardcore Yeah, fast set. hardcore, yeah. right. Like people were into it. Uh, the reaction was great. The vibe was there anyway. And then uh, they did the No Tolerance intro, which I know that they were being taught that day. And uh, they, <laughs> they pulled it covered, off. They pulled it off. They covered Infest. Um, the the stage banter was really funny. There were there's a really good video of him just either saying something or just making a noise, and you see Bob just put his uh, face in his hands on yeah. stage right behind it, and it is really funny. <laughs> we should call that the Bob Wilson special. 
Cause he just like, he's just dying and he, he couldn't, he couldn't handle it. But yeah, like it was just a perfect, I, I really do think that, um, they were one of the bands, even just beyond the ones that I liked that people just went and didn't necessarily know what they were because they haven't played out that much, even though they did the triple B record yep. and then they saw it and we're just like, Oh my God, this band is like, I love this. This is incredible. So I think that like if we're doing like stock rising type of bands, I think yeah. that they're absolutely one of them. No, those. and and I think it's 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 like a, it's like a great energy because I think for more straightforward hardcore bands, people love them, but you got to see it live, you know, yeah. like not to play on it, but like in reality like yo restraining order fucking rocks. Like it, like just straight up one of the best bands going in my opinion right now. But if you're not like super into fast hardcore, you don't like like old Boston hardcore, which I know like, yo, a lot of younger people aren't like super like, yeah, man, I love all the Exclaim records, you know, but it if you see Restraining Order, it's infectious and you can't help but love it. And I think C4 has a, a certain amount of same energy with that, where it's like pretty straightforward hardcore. It's not like overtly heavy or anything like that. But anybody who goes and sees that is like, oh, this is fucking cool. You know? Yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. And then speaking of the next band I was going to mention was Restraining Order. Nice. And which was the best Restraining Order set that I've ever seen. Looked like it. It was it was really great. The vibe was incredible. Um they were really good at the uh after show the day before too. Mm. And like it's funny they weren't even supposed to play the fest and now they were Bob was like, you know what? It'll be really cool to have them on the after show, give them a break of the year. They'll have a new record out next year. So it'll be awesome. And then they had to play the fest, and now in hindsight, it's like, how could they not have ever played the fest? No, it's it, I, well. So there's the impulse. The the behind the scenes on fest booking is you don't want to book the same bands every year. Yeah, and this the was period, the third year in a row they played, I believe. But then you hit a point where you're like, fuck it, this band's too good not to. So I'm glad yeah. that it ended up happening due to yeah. to the other shit. Um, okay, yeah, so- and the vibe was great. They they uh, covered. Um, Big Takeover by Bad Brains, oh. and they like go into it perfectly where you don't really see it's coming, and then bam, they just go into it, and it's so cool. And I know that they were excited, excited specifically about that part afterwards because they kept referring to like, "Yo!" And then we hit it, and I'm like, <laughs> "Yeah, love it." So, okay, yeah, so, it was awesome. So we got Gridiron, we got C4, we got Restraining Order, two left. Then Pain of Truth. Oh, yeah. Which the Painted Truth set, I was at the first Painted Truth set in October. Mm-hmm. And when I heard the record last year, like a lot of my friends were going really like they loved it and it came out during COVID. Yep. So like um, when music was coming out then, it was really easy to latch on to stuff and be like, this is like, I really like this and just listen to it over. Yep. And honestly, for me, it was not that like I was like, all right, this is fine. I'll watch it live and, you know, it'll be cool. But it didn't really click for me. And then I saw it live at the first show and it was, I'm like, I am all in on this. It was a bit absurd. It was like, every song was good. Every song had a good reaction. Every song had a different guest vocalist. The energy was there. It was just like a really fun type of like, but also like crazy and reckless vibe. So I'm like, all right, this band is good and I'm really into it. And then they played uh, Still Won't Breakfast and Wilkes Bear. And again, it was the same thing. I'm like, all right, this is good. And I'm like, the FYA set is going to be crazy. And then the FYA set came and it was even way crazier than I even thought. They had at least 15 guest vocalists, at least. <laughs> like I did a count in my head. I'm like, all right, it has to be at least 15. So I don't know how many it actually was, but, but the whole fest, it was like, you know, every once in a while, even when um, 
bands have good fest sets. Yep. There's a bit difference between like um, an event type of fest set where like it'll never a band will play like maybe play a bunch of times and it won't have the same exact feeling as that one set did. Yeah, just it, it's, it's like it, it caught it caught fire for one minute and then yeah. never again. Yeah. yeah. And like, not to say, I mean, I, they're a great band. I know they'll have great sets otherwise, but like just this set was almost like lightning in a bottle, whereas the first it was the first big fest one hmm. and you can't replicate that again. And that's what this was. And it was crazy. I wasn't going, I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near the pit on this one. I'm good to just sit here and watch the whole thing. And uh, that's what it was. Yo, like. There's kind of like a, a Long Island uh, FYA pipeline, like Long Island almost always rolls out. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I'm not there were a lot of people there. There are a lot of Long Island bands there. Yep. Um, but yeah, it was great. Recipe for it. Okay. Yep. And your last one. Turnstile. Yep. Okay. So we don't need to go too hard on that. <laughs> like it literally looked like a magical like moment. So, yeah. You know? Yeah. All right. And like me. like I said, I had to be on stage. Like I didn't think I was gonna be able to, and I'm like, all right, I could pull this off. And then <laughs> I was like, I actually had pulled a move where I just walked up and I said, if you don't have one of these laminates, get off the stage. And that was just to make room for me. <laughs> I would be better if you didn't have one of the laminates. Or, yeah, or that would be really good, but all unfortunately right. I did. So the anonymous comments, I got um uh, you know what's funny? You had some overlap here. Um Turnstile, uh, the comment was returning home to open arms after showing the whole mainstream world this thing of ours. Yeah. I mean, and the, the thing too was like the vibe was there for everybody. It was there from the crowd. It was there from the the band. One of the coolest things I've ever seen was just Brennan, like he climbed up on the speaker yeah. and he was just sitting there. Like he didn't even stand on top of it. He was just sitting with his legs draped off while all the chaos was going on like around him. Yeah, Ugh. and it was just one of the coolest things I've ever seen. And then to make it even better, I found out afterwards that on the other side of the speaker, where I couldn't see, was Bob desperately grabbing onto the speaker to make sure that it wouldn't fall over. <laughs> I love it. Which um, I wish I had a picture of. But there's a video. There's it. a video by uh, the YouTube account Dog Pound um, Turnstile at FYA Eight, and it's awesome. It's like. It's good. The video is just kind of standard stock kind of thing. Um, so it's, it's no frills, but like you can watch it right now. And, yo, it's one of those moments where you can hear the entire band, the entire audience rather singing and it's louder than the PA. Yeah, you know, it was that's, unbelievable. That's fucking wild. Um, and the, the timing of that, of Turnstile was just incredible. Like he announced the lineup and then the record came out that like the. Yeah, it came out Friday and tickets went on sales Monday. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. So, <laughs> um, restore, restraining order, the best that I've ever seen by them, straight up pure hardcore chaos. Yeah, I would absolutely agree on that one. Uh, cruelty, really excited them. See, the they have the heavy, the death metal influences. Uh, amazing band, commanded the stage with energy in a unique way. Um, almost seemed like the whole crowd wanted to show them love. We love you, Japan. Thank you for coming here. Yeah, I would agree with that too. Like Cruelty was a real highlight of just like, they're a little bit different than all the other bands too, which I think is just a testament to how FYA is really diverse, where it's all like the same general ballpark, but you can go from C4 to Cruelty to something else, you know, yeah. and it all flows together. And they were like, sounded super tight. The vibe, they kind of have a menacing vibe too. So yeah. it's just cool. Uh, and then my personal one was I saw the Mind Force set I heard was awesome. It seemed yeah. like they went down there and just like, like the thing for me is that's a band I like, but I've I've kind of been like, yo, maybe they've hit 
the like peak level. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. which is crazy. But then they keep playing shows where it's like, oh shit, no! Like they, yeah. they're they're keeping like more and more people are getting into them. Like it's yeah. wild. So I thought they, pe- I thought like they couldn't beat last time's FYA set. Yeah, and they did. <laughs> and and from from the accounts I heard, they did by kind of a lot. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. All right, so then. Outside of any of the bands we've talked about, tell me one band that everybody needs to check out who played FYA this year. All right. Let me yeah, review. Let me make sure that I don't. Damn, we went anything. long, man. <laughs> it's okay. It's good. It's good. Um, let's see. As I struggle here. Uh, all right. The one I'm going to say is that, like, especially as far as, like, if you're into, like, heavier hardcore or mm-hmm. whatever, despise. Okay. Um, they did the tour, uh, but like super tight, good front man. His voice sounds pretty crazy on record and live. Uh, they pulled it off. And so it just sounded really good. So if you're into that kind of heavier marauder type of vibe, that's the type of band for you. All right. And now the last question uh, is if we got an almost half hour FYA recap for everyone. The best thing that happened or the best thing about your trip to Tampa outside of the fest itself this year i was really in and out i uh i didn't do it was a bit crazy traveling it was a lot but i think just like honestly just the idea and this one is kind of just vague but it's just the idea of being back in like a fest environment with all my friends the vibe was good with seeing all sorts of people just like things were like before carrying on like uh, you know, picking up where everything left off and just going forward. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's just the highlight of just returning to normalcy and just yeah. like being all the craziness, good or bad, all the hectic, yeah, hectic parts. But yeah. just all that being like feeling normal. Yeah. That's honestly like that's the highlight of it. <laughs> I fucking I like that a lot. All right, yo, Kev, thank you for joining us. Uh, boop 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 boop. Back to the show. There you have it. Straight, straight from the horse's mouth. Boom. Yes. Um, all right, guys. Next quick hit. Yeah. You got something? Okay. No, I'm just laughing because I was like, oh, oh because I went. <laughs> you went dark. Yeah. Yeah. Zero, zero, zero dark Tom. Um, so uh, you want to delicately talk on the every time I die? Uh, every time I die broke up. Yeah. Um, everyone has an opinion. Literally everyone. Yo, yeah. And, uh, um. I'm going to – okay. Uh, Tom, you Are know you these fellas? Yes. Okay. Some more than others, but yes. Yeah. So I know these fellas uh, – I toured with these fellas. I know them to say hello. I don't know them well, and I don't want to get into people's business if I don't know them well. Uh, that said, I'm, I'm going to give my broad opinion on – As an outsider. Uh, yeah, on how this has played out. Um, at, at this point um, – uh, the band uh, has given state, a statement. Uh, Keith, the estranged singer, has given a statement. And then now individual members are giving statements. Uh, I understand why people feel compelled to do this. I do. You, you're watching your name get dragged through shit. It's not easy to let that happen. I fully get it. You want to get your shit out in the world. But I, I, I just want to remind people of this for the future. Uh this is just entertainment for rubbernecking busybodies. 
Exactly. There's very it, few people actually involved in this. Yes. And, and it's, it's, I'm watching, I, and this is from experience, right? Like we're all in group chats where people are sharing this stuff as though it's uh, Pete Davidson, uh, Kim Kardashian shit. You know right. what I mean? It, it's, it's gossip, Kanye, literally, yeah. literally yeah. gossip. Yeah. And, uh, I knowing the every time I die guys in the very limited capacity that I do, I don't think that they have any ambition to be gossip. So if, if they hear this, uh, maybe it'll be a dead issue by then. Hopefully whatever the statements are, they don't do anything for anybody. They just provide people this sick satisfaction of, of being able to post a mean comment. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's it. So yeah, yeah. I, I think to maybe back away from the statements, but I fully get why people do it. I really do. Mm. Um, for people that don't know the situation, um, it basically, uh, Keith, the singer, uh, is, um, th- th- there's some falling out between seemingly him and his brother who plays in the band also, um, mm. Jordan. And, uh, the band is fractured between these two entities, Keith and the band. And, uh, it's, They've, according to both parties, they've tried. There's very different stories on how it went down. I am not there. <laughs> I can't comment on that. Yeah. But I, uh, I think that this is a. I mean, it's not. I think this is obviously an inglorious end to a band that, if I can for a second, say, I do not like more than one every time I die record. But when I see people attempting to clown a band that has been good at what they do for as long as this band has decades. I think you make yourself look like the biggest fucking loser. Now don't get me wrong. I will gently clown this 100%. I will gently Mm. clown this. There's jokes to be made. I like, I liked the, every time I die with Rome meme. Sure. (laughs) I think a gentle clowning is always cool, but for the sort of people that are like pretending that this is not a um, like the hardcore conversation is is interesting. Are they a hardcore band? Or are they not? Uh, whatever. Like if you yeah. don't like metal, they consider infused, themselves. But sure, I can see. Yeah, if you don't like metal yeah. infused hardcore and this has a lot of rock in it, maybe it's very distant to you. I totally get that. But but to act like this band hasn't earned what they got is ridiculous. That's not flying with me personally. And no. I I think part of that is. If you've done something, you then know how hard it is to do. And if you right. haven't, you don't have a fucking idea. Like, fellas, I think that I can be in – with three weeks training, I believe I could be in the NBA dunk contest. The reason for that is I've never dunked a basketball in my fucking life. It just looks easy. Has your brother – can your brother dunk? Uh, my brother is too short to dunk. Mm. Can you clap the back backboard? Uh. <clears throat> I can't, I don't even know how the guys hang with their, with can you grab, the you, can you even grab rim? No, I no. think at Damn, one point, dude, come on. You at can't. one point in my life, I, I can touch rim. I cannot okay. grab rim. Dunked volleyballs could never do a full basketball. So, so I don't think you have any place to even be talking on this, to be honest. Good point, Bob. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is I have this belief because I don't fucking know any better. Hmm. And that's what it's like watching people who don't know how hard it is to being to be a touring band on the club level 
for as long as this band has done it. Watching people dismiss it as though it's not a major accomplishment to be able to feed your family being a working musician for as long as they have is like, I look at it and I go, oh man, you don't have a fucking clue. These dudes are proper OGs to me. And again, I don't even like their music. So, so like, I just wanted to get that out there because. But I, you sound like the Twitter folks. Who does? You. Why? What I say? Well, I mean, it, it, well, one side of it's like oh, that's actually nice. Like you know, you have to give them their fucking props for. Yeah, you know, they were a band for since the late nineties. Yeah, we're touring full time for the last probably twenty years. Tom, with no like, fall off, no fall off. No, and, no, and, not at all. Like and, when and 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 satisfying their fucking crowd every, every time. Yes, and and like that's my point is, uh, but the reason I'm saying I don't like the the reason I'm saying I don't like their music isn't because I'm trying to make a big point of it. I'm trying to. No, that's what I was saying about the Twitter stuff because like everyone like was like, I don't think they're a good band. I'm like, no one fucking asked you. Yeah, well, in material, like Like, who gives a shit? Like what you think? Like I didn't. There's no one going like, I wonder what fucking. You know, what, your what, mama seven three nine has to say yeah. about fucking. I don't give a fuck. Right. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? You could say like, oh, you know what? They're one of my favorite bands, and it's sad to see them go. Cool. No one gives it. Like you're not cool. Pointing out that you'd never like the band. No. Like, uh, well, that's just corny. Like, it, it, fucking it, lay off. Nobody gives a shit. It's for sure corny. But here's the thing. Yeah. 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 The thing is, is like the moment. If you're in conversation with someone and somebody's like, "Oh, do you like Every Time I Die?" Absolutely, no one's, no one's asking you to like couch like, an opinion. Don't speak ill of the dead, kind of thing. Right, yeah. right. But it's like when, when, because for for all it's worth, the band does nothing for me, and that's not a diss. I, I have I explored their entire catalog. Nah, have I ever really watched them live? Nah, man, not really. So like. What is my feeling on it? Pretty apathetic. But when I saw people getting loud, I'm like, my my thought was like, yo, do, do you have personal grievances with these folks? Because the venom with which people were coming was was really unbecoming. Because it's like, yo, you're this riled up. If you don't care, give it no oxygen. What are you doing? Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, that's my thing. Is like. Were the, were these dudes successful on their own terms for so long that yes. it just you? There's people that are going to resent it. Yeah, of course. And look again, I love a gentle clowning, but I can tell when it's not gentle. Correct. <laughs> like, and, and when it's being when it's being playful, like yo, every time I die with Rome, I didn't see that one. It sounds funny, and it's being fun. silly and playful. And the the Zoomies diss is funny, yes. but like. But the thing is that, like, when I saw people like like doing their like little mean comments, yeah, I was like, yo, th- the reason that I say I don't like the band again is just to point out that I don't need to to very clearly understand that what they did was pretty fucking remarkable. Yo, so, like, and 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 on a full level, like, yo, as the what they did into the level which with they with which they did it. And the shows they would do every year in Buffalo, yo, that's sick. That's like really cool, regardless of who you are. You might look at that and go, oh, it's stupid. Yo, they kept doing it for a long time. They, yeah, they and- never worried about the, – and by the way, that's a band who's had detractors for 20-plus years too. You know that, what I that's mean? That's a fact. 
I, I'm just so, going to say, as a dude that saw them every night for whatever, two weeks, three weeks, mm. they also are fucking top tier live act. So like, I'm yes. always inclined to give it up for, for bands that are really good on a stage. And, and I've they, heard, never heard a single person say otherwise. Yeah. You know just, what I mean? So anyway, sorry for my long spiel. I just, uh, I, I wanted to jump out on that because I, I think that that sort of energy, like as, as Tom said, always pretty lame, but like specifically when it's like, yeah, these dudes are <laughs> I, just to underline this. It's not you too. It's not you too. It, it, it's it, people it, like people, you know, know these people. It, okay. That's one. But, but B it's also like, let's be honest. This wasn't the ending that they planned for or wanted. No, there's a lot of, pain, there's a lot of pain in that. And I know that people are hearing my voice going like, Oh, it's come on, motherfucker. Don't be dramatic. Date the somebody is, for 22 years and then have it fall apart in the last. That's what I'm like, saying. The shit is nowhere. a marriage. The shit is a marriage. Yeah. So, so, so like, it, 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 nah, everybody's going to live. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but like, let, let's just put a little bit of respect on, <laughs> on the name, you know? So anyway, uh, I just want to get that off. What are you guys feelings? Do you have anything uh, like Bob? I know, as you said, it's not a band that matters to you necessarily, but like, mm. uh, do, do you guys got any thoughts on uh, what's going on other than wishing everybody the best? No, not not really. I mean, yo, honestly, uh, a band with a large catalog that a lot of people don't just like but love. A lot um, of people's favorite band. I want yeah, a lot. This is going to be a to- this is going to be a topic today because we're going to be talking about things that I find difficult to believe are anybody's favorite band. Right. So and we'll get there. It, it, we'll get there. But like. This is a lot of people's favorite band. Yeah. Worth and, saying. And to me, the thing I, I liked about it most was where they, what they did once they got there. You know what I mean? You know, they hit a point where they were now like, quote unquote, successful by whatever metric people want to yeah. raise. From an outsider perspective, they were doing well. And they seemingly looked at it and said, cool, what? can we do that is fun what can we do that's cool and what can we do that like puts pays it forward to bands that are coming from the same world or different worlds from where we were but trying to do what they're doing and that's cool i i got nothing but love for that i think it's cool i I, doesn't they don't matter to me they they it'd be cool if they got back together tomorrow for their fans um i hope whatever weird personal stuff gets resolved because it's it seems like it's a little messy and it's a little bit too out on front street for a bunch of folks who were as you said it's like it's like a relationship yo i'm the person if if i saw a couple who was together for five years ten years etc and all of a sudden the laundry's on the front street i'm not going and picking around it i'm like oh man that's unfortunate uh you know it's it's because things can be so raw and there's a lot of things that happen between people that you only understand when you're in that and you understand those dynamics. So I hope that for all of them, they figure this stuff out, they get good, um, whether it means they're a band tomorrow or not. And I liked what Tom said. You know, these are people, you know, I feel that way about on almost all levels. But certainly these aren't folks who who like minted palaces off this stuff who we all of a sudden put through this spectrum of like, well, they're celebrities now. They've made their bucks, so they no, the not at all. They they're just you know working I mean? people. Just yeah, working exactly. People. So, so, anyways, um, respect to the f- people. Respect to the f- people who love that band, and respect to the cool shit they did. You know, 
Tom, sorry. No, no. I mean, I think, yeah, I mean, I think what you guys were said right. You know, it sucks that it's going, they're going through it all in public. Oh, no. Um, but I think that's the way <laughs> of the world these days, which is unfortunate. Let's give Why is um, Wi-Fi so bad? Yeah, hopefully they can come out that's weird. on Let's, the other um, end and be okay. Um, just I've known those down. like and played just with them for the time because you can yep. drop them right back in. Over, you know, since the ni- like late 90s, early 2000s. Um, I mean, I think like what you guys have said was, you know, was true. Um, you know, it's one thing that the band ended and it sucks and everything, but it's like people that have grown up, you know, family members, people that have known each other for 25 years, you know, it's like all kind of all happening and it's all out in the open, which kind of sucks. But I think everything being on the internet is how the things work these days, which is pretty fucking mm-hmm. unfortunate. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've known those dudes since we played tons of shows with them over the years. since probably 2001. Um, and I watched, you know, to watch them go from like, you know, second band on a five band like hardcore show to becoming what they became was pretty awesome to see um yeah just hopefully everyone's like ends up safe and happy and healthy that's all i can ask for that's all, all i got right. and all right we have another quick hit i believe all right so uh do you guys want to talk um hey hey can i get in here uh <laughs> When We Were Young Festival, brought to you by the same people who did Astro World, from what I'm reading on the internet. Yeah, can I can I interject on that for a second? Yeah. All right, let's go. All right, let's go. All right, people on the internet are fucking idiots. That's fact. <laughs> yes, it is the same people that did Astro World. Live Nation, oh, which has done every show you've ever been that to. Little, that little DIY organization. Right, right. unless you saw a show at a fucking log cabin, you... <laughs> If you have been to a room that that services over 600 people, you have been to a Live Nation venue. Right. Exactly. So like them being like, you know, it's the same people. Yes, it's the same, you know, mega national conglomerate is doing this show as this did that did uh, Future World. Is that what people were saying? Uh, yes. Uh, it's all over the internet. Be like, did you know it's the same people? I'm like, it's the same company. I mean, Yeah. Not that we're like fucking caping up for a live nation or anything. But Not like, at all. But like, but I mean, it's it, the same fucking company. Yes, it's the same company. Let's make sense, everybody. <laughs> like, let's be adults. Yeah. Here. Um, so, yeah. It's in Las Vegas. Yeah. G- Pat, if you had a guess. Yep. Let's play a game. Okay. Yes. What do you think the capacity of the f- the festival grounds where this is occurring in Las Vegas? Okay, so I read something that couldn't possibly be true. Shoot. Because it put it at eighty thousand human beings. That was what I was going to guess. Yep, I was going to say ninety thousand. Yeah, I was going to say. 90, but I saw it was eighty-five. Yep. I found that impossible to believe, and I thought it was an exaggeration. There's going to be eighty-five thousand people there. Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, dude, at this point, My Chemical Romance is like beyond an arena band. And Paramore. Yeah, together. Like it's not even like over Wait, the course of a weekend. It's one can, night. Okay, so. I don't want to talk about this because there's uh, the, the, there's <laughs> almost no band on there that I like. But I like Jimmy World, yeah, Bright well, Eyes, uh, yeah, Knock Loose. This is much this is much more your lane. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's a couple current yeah, acts people with like, feelings. Yeah. There's a couple current acts that I like. I, I I don't necessarily like like the 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 thing the draws, you know. But you've made it clear you don't like Paramore. Wait until yeah, that drug church order comes offer comes through, bro. Can't wait. You're gonna be he, eating crow. He's not. He's he's not worried about it because he's gonna pull some strings and get the counter offer from Avril Lavigne. 
his yes his former Listen, boss who she's uh, playing who was in yes he was he he starred in a music video former boss yes everybody yeah. look for my uh look for Spock my hair. hand in the uh, video for losing grip uh, you know, it's on so it's a really any, good avril Lavigne song actually is it is the it best is, avril Lavigne really song good. for sure yeah. uh also, shout out to the guy that was, I believe, was in grade, who I embarrassed myself uh, at that show or at that uh, uh, filming. Um, okay. Because uh, I was asking for Avril's number to the guy that was dating her. The best. Uh, did, the best. Did, that is pretty audacious. The best. What did he uh, listen, say I was when, you, bit, when you asked? I was a very audacious young man. <laughs> so here's, here's the point. Um, I have a, a, a subtopic related to this. Let's Do go. you guys want to talk about the festival or you want to go into my subtopic that is festival related? No, yo, I don't know. Should, should, here's the thing. Are we mad at people being excited about this festival? Not at all. Tom? I mean, people, you know, like some fucking two douches play fucking their, these bands records at emo night and sell out every venue they play. Mm, true. Good point. Listen, so I, some of this stuff makes me feel like 900 years old. I wasn't mad at Furnace Fest. How the fuck am I going to be mad at this? You know, True. I yo, mean, this, yo, this is this is Furnace Fest for kids ten years younger than the yes. Furnace Fest attendees. Damn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Damn. I mean, I don't understand logistically how this happens. Nope. There's sixty bands in one day. Yeah. So several. I, I, sta- I mean, five stages maybe. I think there's only three. Oh, that seems impossible. That means everybody's got. And like it's eleven to eleven. Time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I bet there's an I bet there's some smaller stage if if, there, if there's be. sixty. But if you look at yeah. these, dude, if you look at these these acts, as they say, mm. not a lot of fucking. Most of these bands are like headlining bands. Yep. Yeah. 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 You're getting closer to my subtopic. I'm, I'm, All right, you I'm, go for it. Like okay. the Wonder Years are like down towards the bottom. The Wonder Years will draw. Uh, Fifteen hundred kids in some places. Yeah, filling 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 a decent sized room in twenty twenty. Yeah. So, uh, we've talked on this podcast a number of times about how bands are penalized for continuing. Uh, it, 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 my Chemical Romance went away. That's part of why that they're like a huge draw right now. Right? Is that the truth? Yeah, I mean they were pretty. Big. They were an arena band when they were breaking up. But yeah, sure. Oh no, sure. But my point is, Jimmy World was the largest guitar act in North America. And minute, now yeah. they're at the bottom of that flyer. Yep. Now they're at the bottom of the headliners, but yes, but I have been, I'm like mind blown. I'd like to talk to the guys in Jimmy Eat world. I, I'm mind blown by this band's for lack of a better word, everybody, I'm going to use fall off. It's not a fall off, they didn't but, fall off. but for, for lack of a better word, the March of time and how it impacts a band. This band has been penalized for continuing to, do the thing that bands do and the bands that go away are getting some reward. <laughs> like, I think that's crazy because Tom, you would know better than I do. I know three Jimmy Eat world songs. Has Jimmy Eat world put out horrendous records? None. Right. They've all been various degrees of good. Hmm. Some are great. So I mean, I love them. Like seriously, I legit yeah. love them, but they're higher up on this thing, dude. They still, Pat, how many monthly listeners? Oh, Spot I'm sure a trillion. The the one song is like a radio staple. No, wait, but, but yes, shoot a guess. Yes, yes. Uh, uh, three million. No, wait. Uh, monthly. Um, I forget what's normal. Uh, let, let, let's say a million five. Six and a half million. 
Holy shit. <laughs> okay. How many how many would you say AFI has? <laughs> Two? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so I mean so, would you like um let's see. Oh, that's such a good question. Drug Church has offered a Jimmy Eat World Tour and AFI Tour. Which do you do? It money's the same. Uh, my band would uh, choose the uh, Jimmy Eat World show, but I think they're... AFI might be better for Drug Church. But Jimmy Eat World concerts might be bigger. I don't know. Well, my fa- my my band is like legitimate fans of Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, yeah, you know, I know. <clears throat> um, I mean, Jimmy Eat World still does. You know, look. Two thousand people a night, easily. Yeah, Tom, yeah, I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I, 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 they headlined over TBS. They headlined over Taking Back Sunday on this last run. I'm just. Yeah, but saying. Tom, that's my point. They should be. No disrespect to Taking Back Sunday, who was uh, uh, definitely a bigger band than I'll ever be in. But Jimmy World was the largest guitar act in North America. Yeah, Did dude, you know that was twenty years ago. I know, but that record came out right before September 11th. Yeah, listen, it's just to the me, fact it's, that they're still doing anything. Yeah, Walter okay, and Heights right. is you know going what? to be playing to the fucking you cleaning people. You're that's an excellent point. Mm-hmm. That's not trying point. to be mean. That no, band no, was that, fucking shed band, and they. Yep. So I mean, we're talking about like Jimmy World is still a like a, a, an act about like that can tour like that can headline over any of these bands, but the two headliners. Okay, that, that that's a good point. I just saw them at the bottom of the because I, I knew that they were doing like essentially a co-headline with Taking Back Sunday. It's no, also a terribly laid out flyer, so there's no, no way disrespect to, to Taking Back Sunday. That's just was insane to me. And also, I knew the rooms that they were playing, which didn't like blow my mind. But it was post COVID, so like. Or some people get offended by post COVID. It was when shows came back, so it, it was like, and it was you know, going to a major fest. They were playing that that yeah, right, fest and, and also like, we were all playing the venues that were available. So uh, there's a lot of factors, but I'm just saying that like, I don't know when I became Jimmy Eat World's fucking advocate, but I am because I find it like I just think that like some of these bands put out bad records and disappeared, and they're going to be playing above a band that has serviced their listeners for 20 years. <laughs> I mean, I, I wonder find, if find that like, annoying. No, that's true. But I don't know if what bands of these are going on at, like, we don't know we, we will revisit. Like, I mean, dude, of all these bands, are you telling me Avril Lavigne wasn't the biggest of everyone on this fucking flyer? Uh, yeah, probably. Uh, like my mom knows Avril Lavigne. She would, she'd see Gerard way at the fucking grocery store and not even recognize him. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Like Paramore, Avril Lavigne was like a fucking, you know, Massive a worldwide thing. celebrity. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, and she's not like, she's in there with Jimmy World. Um, I mean, I also, I mean, it's weird. They're one of the older, like, these bands are like the old band, like the when we were young bands, but everyone on this and is in their 30s. The Jimmy World dudes are like, like my age. So, like, yeah. Alkaline Trio, Taking Back Sunday, I'm looking at the list of like people that are probably in their 40s. It's probably like four bands on here. The fact that Jimmy World is one of them is pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, also, did you see? I'm sorry. So Glass Show posted it. Did you see this whole thing? No. I love it. And Pat's going to fucking <laughs> love this more than anything. So they have this certain way of like posting shows. They'd be like, you know, and, and it says like, you know, whatever this date is, September 22nd. Las Vegas, um, when we were young fest, please, please participate if you, if you're, if, um, if you choose to or something like they have like this weird template that how they announce all the shows mm. that's like hashtag glass jaw, hashtag, 
you know, like it's like literally hashtag last draw, hashtag taking back Sunday, hashtag tag Jimmy World, hashtag garbage fire. Ooh, wow. And I'm like, yo, you'll take that bag though. Yeah, 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 of course. But you oh, will yeah. shit all over everything on the way. But I thought that was so like, it's like you don't have to play, you know? No, nah, listen, there's nothing worse. I'm not going to use any names, but a, a friend of ours called with some gossip about mm. a band that plays hardcore shows that I've seen play and gave me the worst vibe. And they are a band that has to play our scene, but, but like, begrudgingly. Does not, does not have any respect for it at all. Mm. And like, right, can thing. you text me this? So when invariably when people hear this <laughs> and they go, who's Pat talking about? And I go, what do you, what do you mean? <laughs> well, I cannot I like, tell you I how like often this happens. Yeah. So I like the, I like the mystery. It, well, yeah, listen, it, it, it's, uh, it, it's, it's somebody that we all know that we could just text and, and uh, I'm sure he would mm-hmm. divulge the details, but he was, he was just kvetching a little bit about mm-hmm. like a, ba- a band that, uh, that uh, kind of, um, you know, is happy to take the check, you know? Um, Cut the check. Now, Bust it open. Now, here's the thing. Pat, have you played with – you've toured with Neck Deep, haven't you? Say again? Have you toured with Neck Deep? No. You've uh, toured with La Dispute? Uh, no. I have – You never toured with La Dispute? No. I've been on the same stage as them because we did the uh, uh, Touche Amore thing. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the, like, oh, I thought you toured with them. No. Um, you haven't really toured with any of these dudes. No, I don't think just I, the Avril I don't video that, shoot. That's it. Yeah, I've been I've been in Avril, jeans. Avril's pleasant presence. Silverstein. Um, Bright eyes on here is fucking real weird. So so here's here's a good question. Oh, hold on. Let me let me just Go finish. So I don't finish, see, finish so, your so, so I don't feel like I'm like uh, floating away. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's as Tom says. Like I'll take it. I'll be honest. Drug Church will take a check from almost anywhere. We, we, we are happy to play. There's no sort of judgment. If something's quote unquote not cool, it's fine. What's cool is that we were invited. Uh, but I'm I'm just gonna say like yeah, it's not a good vibe. Like when you think when you are playing to your audience that you're better than the thing that you are doing. It's like my dad said when he was away. He'd be shitting on some fucking prisoners, and then he'd go, uh, "But I'm in here, so what the fuck can I say?" Exactly. Right, right. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> Glassjaw. No disrespect, but you are prisoners of uh, you, you. You are cellmates with Wonder yeah, Years. Yeah. Hashtag you are, you are garden fire. Hashtag me. Yeah. So that's that's a thing to consider for uh, I think a lot of people that end up kind of doing like for lack of a better word the nostalgia uh, circuit. Which is what this is now, and and that's an interesting thing that we can talk about. But it makes sense, right? Like age wise, but uh, it, it's there's kind of like this weird energy that if you lean into it, you are a loser. So you have to be aloof. Like you have to like look at these idiots. Like right, you're, you're on the stage right before them. Thank you, Hawthorne Heights doing this sincerely and you doing it tongue in cheek amounts to the same fucking thing. <laughs> Yo, I'm throwing it out there. Hawthorne Heights will probably murder at something like this. Yeah. Oh, listen, 100. It, 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 uh, weird. I know a lot about Hawthorne Heights because I talked to their manager for an hour at a Whole Foods. Um, but <laughs> the, uh, the the point is, they. Uh, I don't think that that's a good energy. Like you're not better than a thing that you're doing. That's just the fact. Right. You're in, you're involved in it as much as anyone else. Yeah. Hey. But you imagine like 85,000 people. In Las Vegas. Yep. Hey, you're part yep. of it. 
No, they're not playing, are they? No, no which is really disappointing. That is disappointing. I think I think some fans talked- have speculated that when you were when we were young could turn out like the disastrous fire festival of 2017. Why would anybody speculate that? That's been the speculation all over the goddamn internet today. Yeah, what if, it would be so cool if it was like weird, like forty-year-old emo people, like in huts, like uh, yeah, trying to survive, like eating cheese sandwiches that like yeah. slid off the bread in a major metropolis, still in the desert, but you know, like yeah, I and think Pat, you can walk I'm to sorry. the grocery store from the fairgrounds. Yeah, and you could definitely walk to like your local Whole Foods if you wanted to. It's, yeah. you're, you're really not slumming it, um, Pat. If you had to guess, yes, how much tickets? Ooh, good before, question. Before, all right, so there's several tiers. But all right, so before any kind of, you know, ticket master charge or anything, one day general admission costs you how much? I'm going to say 130. Bob, what do you say? Uh, general admission? Um, Jesus, it's going to be stupid. Let's say $100. Oh, Pasha. It is $224.99. So you can put, you have to, you can, um, pre-sale for entry begins January 21st at 7 a.m. Eastern time with tickets starting at $19.99 down, allowing concertgoers the opportunity to pay the $224.99 general admission cost in installments (laughs) and up to $499.99 for VIP and hotel packages. While the low end grants access to the festival and free water, (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, really? I, this this is like you know, reading everything that like Joe Biden has given me a fucking uh, at home test. I'm like, I yeah. paid for that shit. Um, <laughs> the GA plus level at three hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents adds the benefit of air conditioned bathrooms, what? not porta potties. Oh wow! So for a okay. hundred, so if you got like oh, IBS, wow. maybe skip go for the three ninety nine. Yeah. You get a decent turlet. VIP device holder, ticket holders also get access to a private viewing area near the main stage and charging stations for smart devices. Wow! And along with the the air conditioned bathrooms. Uh, I, I'm just gonna say that just as Furnace Fest made the wise decision that if you're going to do the nostalgia thing where you're you're appealing to people in their thirties and forties, uh. Those people typically have like vacation money, vacation mm, budgets. Okay, and, so that's what you're trying. They're trying to get the vacationer. Yeah. I, well, look, I've played punk rock bowling. It's my favorite thing to play, and that's because it's you're people pay a premium years old. Yeah. to cut loose. Okay. It's okay. contractors. It's fa- guys that work at foundries, and they are just fucking. They have one weekend one long weekend a year where they just do all the drugs that their wives won't let them do at home. And they just fucking party and they make for an awesome crowd. So I'm sure that this will be fun. Hey there, I am Johnny Christ from Avenge Sevenfold and I've got a podcast called drinks with Johnny. You're going to want to check out. I sit down with a bunch of different people from all different walks of life from professional wrestlers to actors comedians fighters musicians everything in between i'm just looking to make some friends and have a good time doing it so if that sounds like something you're into go check out drinks with johnny streaming everywhere now and i mean i think so it's october 22nd so it's like it won't be as hot yeah and this is legitimately three days worth of music in one day so like that part sucks though yeah but if yeah i mean invariably you're gonna miss half the bands you want to see 
because they'll all have to go against each other. Like there's no way. And and not just that, I, I don't know how big the grounds are, but if they're going to uh, support 80,000 people, there were the potential for 80,000 people. That means that it's not just they're going against the time that you might want to see something. You're going to need to plan 15 minutes to get from one stage to another. Sure, sure. I figured I looked it up. It was like, you, there's 47 acres. I'm like, holy shit. <laughs> you have to walk across Central Park. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know what, though? Like I said, it's the fucking two guys get up with their iPod and they played these songs yep. in front of like thousands of people a night and make all this money and everyone's singing along and having a ball. Maybe let the bands make the money. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, and I mean, it. at this point, like My Chemical Romance are almost like in some places, like we'll play football stadiums. Yeah, I, I, I'm not no going to pretend. I'm not going to pretend to understand any of that, but the the uh, <laughs> it, it, kudos to everybody, I guess. Best of luck. Uh, yes, is it going to be a debacle? It'll be as much of a debacle as y- the internet wants it to be. So, like, one thing know, goes wrong, it's going to be told you. Correct. Like one person's going to get like a ham sandwich that's got some flies on it, and they're going to be. It's going to be. Oh, look at this failure of a fest. And meanwhile, it'll have generated like <laughs> thirty-two million dollars. Yeah. So like, whatever. Um, I did the guesstimate. On how, like how much this would bring in. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Oh, I, I couldn't even guess. I saw the Astro World numbers, and those were like honestly difficult to comprehend for my uh, working working brain. I did eighty five thousand at two hundred twenty five dollars a piece. Mm. Nineteen million. Okay, not bad. Uh, so I mean, I mean, pre concession, like? pre cut. Yeah. Yep. I mean, the band's probably. I mean, like. My Chemical Romance headlining something like that. Half a million? Quarter oh, million? I, million I, dollars? I couldn't – I have – I don't understand. I, These I are could, the circles you run in. Why are you acting like I you was don't gonna say, I could text, but I, I – uh, let me text my my boy. Uh, I, this well, dude's acting like – I mean I only play DIY spots, so I don't know. Um, hold on. My drummer plays on plaster bo- – like uh, – I was, I was just about to, I was just, yeah, we use actually, uh, uh, Home Depot, uh, uh, so, uh, I was going to sell it out. I was going to pretend not to know Gerard Way's name for a gag, but I, <laughs> you, of course you do. He's a comic book guy, just like you. Yeah. And, uh, he had, he's got he's a TV had show. Some good work. He does well, apparently. So Very here's well. my question for you. I mean, let, I would like to, to throw some flowers at you being a sellout. Mm. Sold out the show in Chicago. I had to add a second date. Oh yeah, everybody! Uh, if you're oh, yeah, in the sound everybody. of my, if you're in the sound of my voice, that first show went incredibly fast. Thank you to Chicago. So go uh, check out the One Step Closer uh, Drug Church Lurk. Soul Blind Lurk show. There you go, uh, Chicago. Go check that out on the One Step Closer Drug Church Soul Blind <laughs> Lurk tour. There you go, everybody. Uh, go buy tickets for day two. They just went up. Uh, I know that it is Omicron uh, paranoia time, but uh, I think that you're safe with this one. And yeah, and we're, I mean, uh, you have any other like, hey, so and so is getting close to a sellout. Like, you, you want to give anybody some juice? Mm. Oh, I don't know. They send me the ticket counts, but I don't look. Uh, I don't remember the ticket count recently, but the Albany show is very close to like the Albany show's big numbers. Is that the well, egg? Should. It should be. Uh, I don't know. It's like, how have you not done a straight up, like, blatant, obvious, comically local song where it's like, dun dun, 
this one's for you, Albany. <laughs> it's like Rush meets uh, Dying Breed or something it, like yeah, that. And how is it like face cast on your fucking Albany show? You know what? This That was a complete failure on my end. Yeah. You're Drop just ball, bro. Up, man. All right. Yo, any other quick hits before we get into today's meat? What else no. do we have? I mean, uh, there's a lot of, hard? yo, uh, pre-pro on the episode. Let's do a new music episode coming up soon. Uh, yeah, there's a lot, a lot of good new music. And uh, we should just all bring some new stuff to highlight because I've been, I've just been like impressed with some of the newer stuff I've been listening to. I just did a recent wave where I was only listening to newer hardcore and punk stuff um, because we're about to do this 80s Mosh Madness. So I'm going to be diving through some classics, classic adjacent, and maybe not so classic material. Um, to me, Can I have a pre. I have a pre-production idea, and so so I want to get some new music too. Yes, please. I would love to do that. Go. I'm wondering if we can, um, if we want to get real dorky about it. Mm. Can we start a spreadsheet? Yeah, sure. We'll do a spreadsheet. And just add everything, and maybe mm. give like like grades or stars to it. Sure, Ooh. we can do that. Yeah, so that well, we don't have to go back and be like. <laughs> what did I like this? Also, sure. Um, so we were talking. Remember last week we were talking about. Um, hey, I'm Tom, and I'm vaccinated. And we were like talking about like it's all like murder shows and stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Vince Averill from that from the We Watch Wrestling podcast that we brought up, whose wife does is one of the is the host of My Favorite Murder. Right. He he, t- he hit us up on Facebook. Really? Oh no shit! Yeah, <laughs> and he was like, so I, we told. I'm like, listen, man. I'm like, he was like, give me like the the. Um, the history of the labels and i'm like i gotta be honest with you i'm like most of the time we're just talking shit like i have nothing in front of me like so it's like what we remember so apparently so he did both capsule put out one of the early uh, grade records mm. oh interesting and abiology did the the split the jihad ottawa split neat that's cool um but yeah but he listened he he, he enjoyed the episode so. shout out shout out shout, shout out. out yeah um, so i was just like hey man like because and I think because people don't necessarily re, like realize, and not just him, like anybody, it's like, oh, we're not being like disrespectful by not knowing. Like sometimes it's just it comes up, and like we didn't plan on talking about that. Yeah, no. And no, it's like if it's not right. something that's like at the very forefront of our brains, then it's like we're gonna fuck up some of it. And no, it's not, ninety with any weird energy. Ninety eight percent of this podcast is full off the dome. So, yes. um, yo, I, I've been just you know, I, I think it's cool how much energy is out there for new music. I uh, and and like where to find new stuff. Um, I want to shout out my friend, longtime homie John Meat, who does Meat Sheet Fanzine. Just a new issue that's kind of cool, but like he interviewed that band Field Day. Yo, yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah, in there, and I thought it was cool because those are a couple of the dudes who were in the later era, Dag Nasty, um, right, Peter Cortner, Peter Cortner, and Doug Carrion. Um, so I'm like, yo, it's kind of sick. Um, and I had never, but I didn't give the band a chance. And then I listened. I was like, yo, it's it's like pretty good. It's not the best thing I've ever heard. But it's pretty good. And I thought the interview that he did in the Zine, like. If he hadn't done that interview, I'm not checking that band out. But I was reading the stories. I'm like, yo, this is cool. Reminded me how much I like both uh, uh, Wig Out at Denko's and Field Day, the LP. Right. It was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta give this this an honest shot. And it was pretty cool. And so like he does all these reviews on his blog and all this shit. So everybody should go check out his zine. By the way, go check that out. But like, I've been so kind of inspired recently by seeing a few folks who do these Instagram accounts where they're always pushing new 
bands, new band camps, younger folks who are doing a bunch of zines. Like there's there's kind of like not a zine renaissance because there's always there's always little pockets that are doing zines, but it's been awesome to see people putting a lot of effort into quality of it and making them look cool or having their own feel to it. So um, so we'll do a new music episode and try to highlight not just the stuff. Tom, I like your spreadsheet idea. We'll do that for the behind the scenes. Total dork style. Yeah. And then but also where we're finding it and, and where we're kind of coming across it. So maybe Yeah, we'll like Bandcamp or this or yep, that. Yeah. Yep, exactly. All right. Um guys, <clears throat> Patrick, insert the John Tesh uh, round ball rock right here. I would like you to add the one from Saturday Night Live. Yes. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Welcome to 80s Mosh Madness. Today we're doing the bubble, the play in round. Uh, these are the records that we arbitrarily decided were right on the edge of getting into the top 64 records for this um, tournament of hardcore punk records from the 80s. Uh, to give a quick precursor, to, if someone hasn't heard any of this before, um, because there is a set of records from the 80s that are just so massive that it would be unfair. We did a Titans tournament. And that's the top eight records. That's going to have its own special episode where we'll talk about that and just kind of put our own personal feelings out. This episode today is the bubble. We're making the decisions on these records, which ones move forward into the next round. But in the round is 64. People who are listening, the audience decides. So that's where we do votes. We did this a couple of years ago with um, record hardcore punk records from the 2010s. Um, super fun. I thought it was such a fun exercise for us personally. Also seemed like it got a lot of engagement in terms of people checking out records, checking out bands. You miss things. And yo, you even miss out on classics. I guarantee today's uh, four records we hopefully, even in some small way, if we're providing some exposure to a couple of these, that makes me happy. So um, today we're making decisions, but from here on out, you will, and we're going to have Twitter polls as well as Instagram polls. We'll put it all in the stew and come out Ooh. with that. So follow us on Insta- follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all that stuff. It's Axe to Grind Podcast on Instagram. I think it's Axe to Grind Cast on Twitter. So, uh, yeah, yes. do that. And if you don't have social media and you want to vote, send us an email. We'll include that, too. Um, today's matchups are Carnivore Retaliation versus Battalion of Saints Second Coming. By the way, the Battalion of Saints LP, I always just called it Battal- the Battalion of Saints LP. I don't, it's, Second Coming is kind of a funny thing to me, but that's how it's listed on Discogs, I think. So I was like, all right. Yeah, um, yeah. And then the other matchup is um, TSOL Dance With Me versus No For An Answer, A Thought Crusade. Before we dive in, we'll start, we'll probably start with Carnivore and, um, and Battalion of Saints. Before we start, as a whole, any general thoughts that we want to get into? In yeah. terms of these four records or in terms of like the... Both. The- both. You go. 
Here, here's, um, here's the, uh, the adage I'm going to use the little, uh, platitude brass don't last mm. this, these, there's shit here that is not <laughs> top tier. And that's why I don't know it. Well, I thought that that was an interesting takeaway was, Oh, maybe there's some gold in them. there Hills, some real, like deserved classics that aren't cla- like that don't get the credit. They, 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 sh- they're entitled to. Mm. I did not find that to be the case in this listening. I think that these are largely bubble records for a reason. Mm. Tom. Wow. Um, yeah, some of these I was familiar with. I was familiar with some just in name. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Really? To be quite honest. Yeah, like they're, no, no, they're no. on the bubble for a reason. Yes. And I think like it's almost as if like the, you know, hardcore is it's almost impossible to have heard everything, even the ones that like, yeah. you know, to me, it's like hardcore is like the equivalent of like when your friends like you watch The Wire. Yeah. And yeah. I go, I know I really should. They're like, it's awesome. And I'm like, how many seasons? And they're like, it's not 14, but it's like 14 seasons, 12 episodes a season. Each one's an hour and a half. I go, ah, yeah, I never. don't know if I'm going to be able to it's do long, that. Yeah. This is not about The Wire, because, but I'm just saying like in general. So it's, it seems so daunting. So I think it's kind of like you get hip to certain records that came out before you were around. Yes. Or when you were children or not even born. Mm. And then like these other things, it's kind of like, well, there's enough going on like right now that I can see. Correct. That like, you know, I see these records um, like like in the used bin at Generation or at different record stores that I just kind of was like, well, can't be that good. Right. You might pass <laughs> it. And, and who knows? And, and so that's kind of the purpose. I think this is a great way to start it because – Yo, the point of doing these exercises isn't, you know, one, it's fun. We're here to talk about hardcore and and music in general. So it's hopefully to expose you to something. But I also think there's such a valid conversation in the, if you only, I think there's people out there, and there might even be people who listen to this podcast, who only look at hardcore in the past tense as a thing that happened. And, and, you know, like, uh, that's fine. I think that's, that's based on your personal purview. That said, like, anyone who's, who's really listening to this podcast can objectively say, no, whether I like what's happening in the quote-unquote hardcore world, um, it certainly is a thing and it is happening right now. Whether you're into it or not, it, it's happening. Whether you're, you're into the evolution of it or not, it's happening. Um, it's sort of the 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 reason the Stephen Blush American Hardcore book rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. One, if you've never read it, you yeah. really should. It's amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. It's and then it smacks you. Yeah, you you get to the last couple pages, and it's essentially like, and then it became 1986, and hardcore stopped. Died. Yeah, it's it. like oh, like yeah. I don't even know if it includes Age of Coral. I mean, it, it uses that as kind of like a, a like the dead, like a, that yeah, was like it. a yeah, like the the um, bookend. So, right. so that is to say, if you treat hardcore like it's a past tense thing, well, it's only your loss. And the other side is, if you only are interested in what's new, you're going to miss out on a lot of vital 
um, reference points for some of your favorite current stuff because, you know, uh, whether it's response to, push off from, or reverence for, the best current hardcore is often pulling from hardcore of the past. Um, yeah. And, and I think there's a few, a few spots on the records we're going to talk about today where I'll cite bands that came after them that were influenced by it and, or, or you can make sound comparisons to, and then even to current day stuff. So um, I hope if you've never heard any of these bands and this goes for the entire tournament, uh, and I know I speak for all of us, you give them all a fair shake and listen with an open ear. And for many listeners, I bet this will be your revisit. But treat it like it's your first time. I know that enhanced my experience on these records a lot because I found like on these, this set, I was, I've heard all these records before, but I haven't given a headphones listen to any of these four records in well over 10 years. And uh, and it was fun. It was really it was a good experience. And there was things I was able to pull out, and things I was, you know, none of these four records rocked my world. But there was a few things I was like, wow, that's a keeper song. That's like a really yeah. good song that I didn't really think about. And a couple of things I came away with going, man, this record is actually good, better than I remember. But X, Y, and Z. So we'll get to that. So so to 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 kind of bow on it. If you only live in the past on hardcore, you're missing out. If you're learning in the current day, yes, that is the move. That is how it's most vibrant, will feel right to you. But give some time to look at this other stuff and you'll it'll enhance your experience. That's all a fact. Agreed. All right, guys, let's kick it off. Carnivore Retaliation versus Battalion Saints, the second coming LP. Let's let's just Patrick start us off. Let's talk about Carnivore to start. Sure. Um, it's probably required listening. If I mean, obviously the uh, the Young Brothers material we've talked about, but uh, I also hear a ton of Mara- like what Marauder borrowed from this band. Uh, th- there's if you're into kind of. Uh, metallicized hardcore that is not interested necessarily in being fast at any point. Uh, not that type or of moshing. It, it, it's, th- this is worth checking out. It's heavy. Uh, this is a lot of people's favorite record. Wait, I've met but, uh, but I think it gets fast. Like there's, there's almost speed metal parts. It's yeah. not, it's not blast beats, but it's fast in the same this way never, that AF cause for hit, alarm is fast. This never hit my, Oh, too fast for Patrick. And that's like, as but we've it talked hits about, hardcore fast. You know what I mean? Yes. Okay, that's exactly right. It, it, it's it, it hits hardcore fast, but not fast hardcore fa- fast. Sure. It hits a gallop several times, but I never felt like I. To me, the the parts of this that are most memorable are the dirgy parts, hmm. uh, and there's a number of them. Uh, I think that this is an interesting record that suffers from being overlong in the worst possible way. I was enjoying the shit out of this record four songs in. And then a tipping point happened where I did not enjoy it at all. <laughs> I was, <laughs> I was very mad. <laughs> and uh, by the time we get to the, 
uh, Hendrix cover, which Mm. our listeners would have to tell us is that on, that is on the record, right? This isn't like added in later on, uh, like as a, like, you know, digital sort of thing, right? Like, <laughs> like it, I'm it, pretty it's, sure it's part of the record. Like in my memory of this record, and now I'll be honest, my memory of it is mostly the CD version. So let's take a look. Which at adds a lot of shit sometimes. Yeah, yeah that's exactly. what I'm saying. Like, so let's take I, I would be curious how this initial like original was. version. Let's see. At any rate. No, I it's on the original it. version. Yeah, it's on there. Okay. I hate it. And I, and I, and I, <laughs> I really, any enthusiasm I had for the, for this record evaporated around that time. Um, I, uh, that said, I think that of all the stuff that we've listened to spoil or all the stuff that, uh, that we listened to this week, spoiler, this was the to, one uh, today th- to, uh, that I felt, um, had the most resonance despite the fact that I think you could cut it by 30%. Um, and and that's my takeaway. Uh, I I'm going to say that uh, more so than on other records, I like Peter Steele's voice here. Um, mm-hmm. It's just really heavy. Just like it, it's got the same morose quality that people really like in him, but it's aggressive as shit. Yo, so I have a question for you, really quick. Yeah. What do you think the runtime on this record is? How long do you think it is? Two and a half hours. That's what it feels like to me. Tom, do you yes. know or do you want to guess? I mean, it's probably like in the 50s, but it feels like the longest record ever. Yo, it's 44 minutes and 23 seconds. It literally feels like you're in the over an hour length. Um, yeah, listening so yeah. to it, I go, this one was over? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so yeah. I'm not alone in this. I'm happy to hear that. No, no I think no, that's no, the like one Listening part. to it in like a... In a in a way for the, it's not like having heard the I've heard this yeah, of the four in. records we're going to speak to about today. This is probably the one I was most familiar with. But like listening to it on this level for like for for like discussion, I kept like flat. I'm like, we're only at song six. <laughs> like the, what the fuck? And the songs aren't like that long. No, they just like there's some like long. fucking. There's like typo negative songs that are like twelve minutes long. Like, Correct. So this isn't that. So maybe let me see. Maybe this is giving me the reissue length. Like it's, it's all right. So, so yeah. So I took off the 15, demo. So I only put 40. what was on the LP. Yeah. So I'm nineteen twenty two. Now this is like yeah. This is this is a long record. All right. So let me just. I'm averaging three five and a half plus that's ten. Five and a half. There's there's an almost six minute song. Well, race score is five fifty six, bro. Um, cool. The intro, the intro, which is completely unnecessary, is fifty five seconds. <laughs> Past unnecessary, aggravating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like a true. So it sets the tone for the record in in a bad way. So, anyways, it's a long record any way you slice it. Um, let me let me go in, Tom, because I, I I would I think. I have some things that you'll want to respond to. Yeah. And I'm going to have to find a new place to live after my, <laughs> well, well, it's interesting because Patrick, we were talking about like the Jimi Hendrix cover. This was reissued. So it was initially released in 87 on Roadrunner. It was later released on CD in 91 without tracks four and nine. I'm like, Oh, did they have a problem with, with race war on the CD? And it's like, no, no ground zero Brooklyn and manic depression. So they took the Jimi Hendrix cover off the CD. So probably, you know, 
rights reasons. Sure. Um, but okay. left. So they left the other shit on there. They just unscathed. took off. Yes, yes, yes. Exactly. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. This um, – my hot, my hot take, quote, unquote. I think this record fails as a hardcore record. The reason I say that is that the lyrical content vacillates in a way where I actually think the song Angry Neurotic Catholics kind of straight up rips, just really good. It's like conscious, it's biting, it's sarcastic, but like ripping. But then they go to these lyrics that, you know, SMD, you know, um, that are of the metal, party metal, thrash metal, fucker variety. Bob, you're underselling it. It's troll metal. Correct. There you go. That's That's a better way to put it. And so then when they get to stuff like a song like Race War, which we can pull apart, and we talked about a little bit, it's... It appears to be have some underpinnings of commentary and some tongue-in-cheek nature, but it's undermining itself by having this like great fluctuation in lyrical content where you go, wait a second, like are you actually trying to say something here? Or are you being tongue-in-cheek? And is this a meta commentary? Are you kind of playing a character here? We can't tell because it, it's all these things. So in a way, it is it is what he says later on in this record where it's like, I want to play loud music that irritates everyone around me, you know? Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you checked out the photographs of this band. Like, they were literal trolls. Like, yeah, they, yeah, yeah, yeah. Dressed them like fur and just, yeah. They, they yeah, were, yeah, yes, it, and that's it, the deal. No, and I mean, that's been the deal with them and they were kind of leaning into it. Um, but but that's, that is therein my issue is that I think the mentality was more metal, but the music, like musically, you can see the pre-typo negative leans in certain parts, like you were saying, the dirging. But musically, there's a lot of like hardcore done by speed metal and thrash metal level talents that's really good. And, you know, like you can't hear this stuff if you're a fan of Agnostic Front and you really like Cause for Alarm, um, musically, this record is a must. You know, it's just yeah. a must. And there's a lot of really good stuff. And um, I think you could riff lift on this record for weeks and pull it apart and just take parts and turn them into whole songs because that's how good some of the music is. I, I also like, I mean, just expand it to almost anything that people think is. Um classic from new york you there's some of that in here and like i said you hear what marauder did you hear leeway you you you, there's there's a ton of what everybody loves about new york metal infused hardcore Hardcore, and you're and obviously you're right the the cause for alarm etc like the the, of course and we know the beat steel connection he basically wrote the record so so it's the early crossover yes yes although like i said the new york version of crossover like yes like and it's got a certain breed to it that, like, honestly, I think the guitars just fucking shred in a way that some of the crossover from other places don't. Like, yo, DRI is great. COC is great. The guitar sound on some of the New York crossover stuff, fuck. You know, yeah. um, 
so anyways, I, I I think this is a must for anyone who likes Anthrax. Um, I think about this record and I go, man, this was the record that was a little bit dangerous to give to a sort of like malcontent 13-year-old who wore baggy shirts and black clothing. You know what I mean? Like suburbanite, it's not great. But there's a lot to say, say for the music. Um, I think this record doesn't get credit for some of the melodic side of it. Like they're doing a lot with the melodies that when you talk about metal, unless you're talking about like power metal or like ballad fucking hair metal type shit, you don't get into it. But he, they're doing a lot of really cool shit um, on this record and it's still hard. And I think you were saying Marauder. Marauder pulls from that. I think Crown of Thorns has a lot of that. Um, and I wouldn't say it's a through line, but that's kind of what I'm talking about in terms of the melodic side of this, is you hear some of those things infused on this record. So I think Albany has been more influenced by this record than anybody. Oh, Albany definitely liked oh, this record a lot. Oh, I but I feel like all like, like Stigmata and Dying Breed and Disciples of Berkowitz. And- oh, it's Section 8. Come yes. on. Yeah, like- and I think, you know, if, if it wasn't for – Carnivore and sheer terror. An huge, entire section of hardcore would not on, happen on, on the Albany Troy. Uh, yeah, thing, for sure. Yeah, I think it's heavy. I think it's 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 heavy, but somehow still boring. Mm. <laughs> Yo, I think I that- don't know how that happens. And there's bands that do that, and I go, "This is like the heaviest thing of all time." Why am I bored? Like, I shouldn't be looking to hit fast forward. The song lengths, man, I, I think they don't They don't move things around along yeah. in a way. Like, I mean, uh, the saddest day by Converge is like seven minutes long, and it's never boring. No, I've I heard agree. it a thousand times. I, you're totally right. It's the song length and then not doing something with that length. You know what I mean? Like, you're not being – if you're being boring for two minutes, it sucks. If you're being, being boring, boring for four and a half minutes, right? It really sucks. But like, that doesn't mean everyone's boring at four and a half minutes. You know what I mean? And that's no, no I you think, can pull it off. I yeah. think to me, "Angry Neurotic Catholics" is it's the first actual song. song on here. It's a good song. Um, if you want to have a a weird good view of this band, uh, listen to that. And then if you want to kind of yeah yeah, if you want to get into some shit where you're like, oh, this is like this is troll metal. This is intentionally inflammatory then continue forward um if you want to potentially be like bothered really keep going the song race war has some really unfortunate lines and we're gonna we're gonna hit this as a recurring theme as we go through 80s punk and hardcore records here um lyrically there's a large swath of this stuff that just straight up don't fly I, I I'm just gonna go. I'm not gonna hammer this over and over again no. with you guys because it's just a disagreement. I I just don't hear it on this song. Like I think it's so evident that it's not. Well, it, here's the problem. It, the problem to me, and that's kind of what I said, is that lyrically he's not keeping a consistent voice. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Well, that, th- okay, that's fair. That's so, my that's my true criticism because I specifically looked for it because I was like, look. If he is playing a role or doing these – because there are elements of that song that are worthwhile, that are like, okay, there's something he's trying to say. But you get to certain lines 
um, you know, the your your skin's an ugly color, and you go, man, like you're leaning in in this awful way, and like, look, I don't think that when Minor Threat wrote Guilty of Being White, they thought this will be taken on by boneheads across the world, but it was. This song, I'm not saying they intended it, but I don't think they cared either. Yeah, well, they definitely didn't no, care. That's for sure. So, so there's like there's that that tangible difference, right? And it's like, oh fuck, you I know. Mean, it sounds like Brooklyn in every facet, that's musically, yes, that's vocally, lyrically. I feel like the way this was written, really kind of hard to like separate the guy who's singing it from the person who's saying it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not like you're not telling a story and one guy says to the other guy, blah, blah, blah. You're the singer saying this to people of color or whatever. Like it doesn't. And I'm sure like, you know, as, as time marched on, people were like, nah, dude, it's like it's totally it was all a joke. I'm yeah. not I'm not 100 percent sure in 1987 how funny this was. No, because you because you or how intended it was to be like. You know, like, uh, uh, um, yeah, like sat- satirical. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily buy that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well, and, and, and Jesus Hitler. Right. Know, and, and like, um, and like, yo, the angry Samoans, right? So, uh, right. They saved That's Hitler's cock. cock. There's a lot of like, it's intentionally, uh, songs and titles and, and, you know, literally word usage that's intended to shock. Um, the context matters here because New York had a real – there were some real race issues in the 80s in New York City yes. that weren't playing out just – they were playing out in the real world and also in the punk and hardcore scene. Um, and that right. can you be just felt. like Flatbush. Yeah. So, so anyways, um, I think all that has to be taken in. Uh, sonically, there's a lot to like on this record. But then you also realize it it drags. I can't believe how much it drags for a record that there are people who just live by it. Can you guys give me a version of this? Like, who is the person who loves this record? What other stuff do they love? Troy Core. Okay. Sheer uh, Terror. Okay. Sheer, I, think, I think Tom got it. Uh, it uh, crossover. Sheer Terror specifically, I think, infinite crossover. But Marauder. I mean, the, that Lamore's crowd also, by, by all video, check, check. love the Chromax. You. you know what I mean? I think it's like if you if you like crossover uh, of that New York variety, uh, and you just want to see it, us because I I think it's interesting. You guys hear the fast parts of this record. I glazed right over them. I hear nothing but heavy on this record. I mean, obviously, I. I, I mean, it's right. not fast, fast. It's not fucking, you know. No, no but you're not no wrong. It's cross, it's, fast. You're not wrong. For it to be crossover, it has to have those parts. I, yeah. You're you're correct. I, not I just, full speed. It's like three quarters. Yeah, yeah, it is three quarters. But like, to me, the parts that were just so standout were those other parts, and I guess that's what I seized on. But you, but you could. You, I mean, an agnostic front fan can totally love this. Quite obviously, right? But yeah. like the the, I think that anything in the New York sphere. This is worth checking out if you like it. Anything, really? Uh, Crumb suckers specifically. You know what I mean? Like okay, so so to me, okay, okay. There's crumb suckers. I could see that as well. 
Um, I, I think the Chrome Sucker high points I like more than this. Agreed. Um, sheer terror high points. Sheer terror I just like more than this flat out. Like just yeah, can't hit enough. It's stop. just a better record than this. Yes. Question for you guys: Marauder, Master Killer, or this record? Oh, Master Killer, oh, and it's not Master close, right? And it's not close for you guys. Okay. Um, this would be a decent EP. Yes, correct. Right. Yeah. I, okay. I think. I think I'm not even. I, I think I would. I would be intrigued by an EP of this because, especially if you can, if you if you have angry neurotic Catholics, and then you can pick three other songs on here, perf- preferably leaving off race war. USA for USA should be noted is so odd. Um, <laughs> um, the don't fuck with the eagle <laughs> thing. Um, Man, uh, there's Brooklyn a lot. was weird. It, I, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys remember. There was a there's a song called Howard Beach. Yeah, on the first Biohazard record. Yeah, the uh, the the demo version of that far more fucked up. Yep. Um, I don't want to get no. Let's not get into slander. That. But okay, so um, Biohazard, Urban <laughs> Discipline, or this record. Not that they're oh, the sound, and not that they sound the same. Oh, Urban Discipline. This okay. would be. This is like my like tenth favorite. Like this would make my top ten favorite like Brooklyn bands. Okay, okay, Patrick. Um, are there? All right. Um, would you? You're you're clearly taking both leeway. LP, the first two leeway LPs over this record, Tom. Yeah. Oh, right. yes. Both, yeah. Both you. Okay. Um, would could an all out war fan find something to enjoy on this record? I think most of them do. Okay, good, good. Yes. Oh, great point. And and you're not wrong. Like we should know the the people who like twitching tongues. Um, probably never heard this, but they probably would really like it, or at least worth checking out, right? Um, yeah, World War Five is based off of this record, right? So so there's there's a lot of interesting stuff here, and it's up to you. It's like uh, Pete Steele. <sighs> I don't want this to be a referendum on the fella, but he somehow becomes has become this like <laughs> like a like a like a a mantle piece. He's a sex symbol, right? Um, mileage may vary. I, I really want people who are looking at Pete Steele and typo negative and all this stuff. Really think about what what this is because I I I, I think he's a fascinating human, but maybe not someone for people to to pedestal if you would um other than like yo uh, clearly very talented very talented uh musician musically i think lyrically he could he had a place to to move move forward but um you know it's it's rough because i think slow deep and hard might be his best lyrical work and and there's some of that that's pretty pretty whack so um, yeah <laughs> seems kind of lazy no, the lyrics seemed like an afterthought, but like a fucked up afterthought. That's a good point. Like, was he treated? And that's why when I said it fails as a hardcore record, especially for the '80s, is that and and that's not like let me use that as a barometer. There's going to be a lot of these records where there's some toss away shit. We're going to be talking about one coming up here. Most, yeah. yeah but um, for me, I, I listen to it and I'm like, yo, it seems like there was a couple where he had real solid ideas. And then other shit where, where it felt like, let me just lean into the most baseline numbskull yeah. shit. And yeah, like, what's like, this is high school. Like, here's some fucked up I can say. Yeah. All right, here's a question for you guys. Yes. This or uh, SOD, speak English or die? 
Speaking of English or die, but it's close. SOD is way better than this. Yeah, I think SOD is better than this. I think it's better. Because there's difference to it. Like there's there's mosh, there's fast, there's and there's actual fast. There's there's better tempo changes. And Billy Galano's voice is cool. I think yeah, I think that some of the the vocal uh, uh, pitter patter on this record misses completely. Um, because he is trying to put too many words in, and his vocals don't always hit for me. But I also know there's people who love his vocals. No, I, I think SOD Speak English or Die is better, despite the fact that I, I I put these those two records specifically are in this box of New York hardcore question mark, but certainly deserve a spot in the in the bin. You know what I mean? Like if I'm flipping records and they have this in the New York hardcore section. I'm not like get this out of here. It's there. It's part of it, you know. Um, but it's not. Yeah, I think this 10. has more. This has more of an impact on heavier hardcore than it probably gets credit for. Yes. And I don't know oh, if that's I because so people too. are like, "Yo, I can't really fucking vibe with this because the lyrics are fucked up," or <laughs> See, or I, what, I did, or if it's I'm like having... filtered through the the middle ground bands that like kind of you know what I'm saying like. I, but you know. I think I think you got whichever one you s- nailed it. I thought with like lyrics are very high school, and I think oh. that yeah. I think that there's a charm there. Like I think that that's like in the same way that I really really like the first Murphy's Law material because it sounds like a fucking high school. <laughs> like it's yeah. like same thing here. Like, oh, that's interesting. So Tom, I don't find this. Do I th- do do you and I, Tom, find it the Murphy's Law material charming because it's more playful and silly and bouncy? Than than this being kind of the ugly. This ignorant is this shit. is edge lord yeah. high yeah. schooler. Okay, okay, yes. This but is you yeah. Understand. These are the kids at the different table. Like right, Jimmy's like the funny guy who's making the whole lunchroom laugh. Yes, yeah. but saying but, some but, stuff that you probably shouldn't be saying either. Yeah, uh, yeah to be yeah. honest. But but, but th- these are the weird kids in the corner that are playing with pogs. But we can understand that like <laughs> that. The I mean, also, can I be honest? Yo, Pete Steele at the time of this record was 27 or 25 years old. Hey, listen. He was I, not a child. I've been acting childish for I, – I think I became – I'm not kidding. I think I became a grown man in my mid-30s. Like uh, I, We're going to talk about you this. writing songs about like SMD? I was not. But okay. <laughs> Yo, I mean here's the thing. Drug Church could have gone a slightly different direction than he might have been. Who knows? Yeah, exactly. Yo, let's, if, uh, if, we're going to put a if, pin in age talk for the Patreon. Oh, all right. But but no, you're you're not wrong. This is this is Edge Lord at the New York Hardcore table, and so is SOD. Um, whereas Jimmy's over at the the cool kids table, and he's making everyone laugh. Shout out Jimmy! All right. Um, and on the other side of the bracket from from Carnivore is Battalion of Saints, a very different kind of band. Yep. And the record is Second Coming. Um, to me, I always knew this as the Battalion of Saints LP. Um, as I mentioned, I think let's talk about the band. They are from San Diego, I believe. Um, they're yep. early, uh, founded in '80, which I didn't even know that. This record comes out in '84, and I think you can hear that. Um, my my preamble on this is, and and my elevator pitch for this record is Southern California punk, but they have heard the Minor Threat singles. Yep, and some of the the uh, touch and go, negative approach, necros, etc., Midwest hardcore, and they uh, they throw that stuff in the blender and come out with a record that there's not really any mosh parts, so they they keep that Southern California flavor, but otherwise 
is pretty ripping hardcore. And if you like bands like Career Suicide, this mm-hmm. is a f- fucking fastball down your lane. Jump in, Tom. Yeah, no, I mean, I this is one of the records that I was like, oh, I'd always see this in like the used bin. Right, yeah, this was, for some reason, this is a record that was everywhere, kind of. Yeah, you know, so it was kind of like, okay, must not be that great or whatever. Listening to it now, I'm like, yeah, this fucking rips. Yeah. It's so good. It's Southern California, but not, there's not a ton of melody. Yep. Um, like I said, definitely like listen to a lot of East Coast and mid Midwest hardcore mm-hmm. in the creation of this record. Um, and this, I mean, this is something that we'll talk about. Like, I love the vocals. I feel like early '80s punk and hardcore vocals are like real make or break for me. Oh yeah, yeah. And I think, I think on this other record that we're going to talk about, broke it. Ooh, okay. Um, that's what we call a tease in the radio biz. Um. But yeah, I don't know why. Like in my head, I can be like, when you were like Battalion of Saints, I'm like Tang Records. Like I knew the whole fucking thing, and I was like, I don't know if I've ever actually listened to it, which is stupid because it's like, because I probably listened to something that was like adjacent to this, and I was like, I don't really like this, and just never gave anything else a chance. Yeah, listening to this, this is like a precursor of a lot of shit. Yeah, like almost like some of like the career suicide like like punkish like rock yep. hardcore kind of stuff yep there's almost and correct me if i'm wrong and this might just be because i was like listening to it i, I listened to it a couple weeks ago and then i was revisited today sure sure almost like some d-beat type stuff and a weird kind of because it's not totally fast hardcore it's in that like, no they they they, they they so there's like the gallop but this is more of like a trot yeah you know what i mean yeah, um, it's, it's fast. It's, it's not quite yeah. D-beat, but it's right there. No, I I, yeah. I think this record um, somehow has has gotten both I, – I think people might name check it, but it wasn't – it's not It's not super hard to get, this record. Um, this is not one of those records that's like uh, like killed by hardcore level, like, oh, you got you to gotta track this down. But it's really good – and you can tell it was one of these efforts that like like we said i hear i hear the minor threat guitar sound almost yep. from the first track you know like you can hear them using this and going oh okay <laughs> you you guys yeah, like yeah. this um and and going like you know that this record comes in out in 84 there's elements that um you know like yo a band like poison idea is is spoken about with so much more reverence than battalion of saints I don't know if that's that's fair. I think we're going to talk about some other bands. I think um, I think the Zero Boys LP, Vicious Circle, maybe is even a better example of this. But these records that are the like, hey, when you go to the more like, when you go to the side of hardcore that has less about mosh parts and more about really like energetic fast parts as well as like being able to do some fun, cool shit with your guitars while still shredding, you know? Um, Poison Idea gets name-checked. You'll hear people talk about Zero Boys because the, the, the LP is a little more collectible and there's a little bit more like that cult interest. It was it was hard to get for a while. And I just don't... I think Battalion of Saints, the record's really fucking good. I think it might have been a little more staple, a little easier to get. Um, and it's 
low-key hurt the legend status, you know? Um, right. If this is a record you couldn't find anywhere, then it becomes the antidote seven inch and then it correct, becomes correct. the fucking coolest and, thing ever. And now let me say this. The only thing that I, I really had a problem with is there's no – like I think that the uh, – let's see. Favorite songs on this, I think Animal and Man is pretty good. I think the opening track, My Mind's a Disease, is really good. Yeah. Um, I, th- I actually thought the song Beef Masters was really weird and I, I wanted to get more info on it because it made me think of, of Couchwitz. Do you guys know about Couchwitz? No. Okay, um, it's the giant cattle farm on the yeah. five in California. Yeah, you, you pass in the middle of nowhere. It, it's uh, miles. Really, it it's genuinely upsetting. Even if you have, I I think even my meat eater friends got to turn their head as we drive past it. So so it's like uh, it's it's lyrically it's more about. Um, it's kind of com- connecting it to to like uh, the man being a beef master, but it's such old language. Um, fuck the meat run nation. So you try to get away. You don't know what to do. So you're so used to being told beef master needs a cut. They hold their branding iron. It's more like anti boss style material than anything. Right. But um, yeah, yo, this fits in and it's like, yeah. <sighs> I think this is, more aligned with that BYO sound, yes. BYO style hardcore, which is like Seven Seconds, Youth Brigade, California. Um, and outside of Seven Seconds, I think a lot of that stuff is lost to the sands of time. And this is yeah. this is ripping. Like, by the way, we we're talking about length. This record is Jesus, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, yeah, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 15 songs, and it's, you know, just over 20 minutes like these songs are clipping in about a minute and a half each fucking rocks pat you've been quiet let's talk uh i think that when you say poison idea gets more credit than this but but obviously it's indebted to it um no i don't know if it's indebted to it i I would say i just think it's similar lanes it's like yeah because i think poison idea runs concurrent and certainly pick your king came before this i think uh I think at least the first Poison Idea record comes out before or right along the same time as this. Wait, when was this? This is 84. 84. Oh, no shit. The first Poison Idea record is 84? Uh, anyway. Picture King the, might be 82. The, uh, the, the, uh, my beef with this is that Poison Idea has tracks. This has well, no that's, tracks. Well, that was, my, that's, that's my, that was my, my thesis statement, is that there's no true hits. Poison Idea. Nothing stands out. Yeah. No, Poison like, Idea has tracks. Everything here ripped. Yep. No denying it. Everything here was, but, but I know that this is like my dismissive comment that I don't mean any disrespect to the people that were involved in this, uh, Rachel included. Uh, this is like, because there's no tracks, this is crucial chaos (laughs) hour four. You know what I mean? (laughs) Like (laughs) it's, it's the sort of thing that, nobody that's into punk or hardcore is going to beef with you putting it on. No, but, but it, no one's calling for you to play it. No, this yeah. is what happens. Like when the rap show that's supposed to be there after Rachel's show doesn't show up. It's yes, like, Oh, let's play, play the deep cuts, right? Yo, you're not yeah. wrong. This isn't, you're, you're probably this isn't right. a classic. It's, it's so, 
So what do we call this? Is this a B minus or is it a C plus? Uh, it's a C plus because, because there's it no doesn't hits. right because so I've been talking about this the the podcast I do with with Pete called In Search of Tracks. I'm redoing our the way we we rank records and we talk about this and we give it stars and all that shit. So it kind of parallels to what we're doing here. Um, yo, to me, if a record has high highs like there's a track, yo, that really counts. And on a record, we only need to have one. Yes, yo, on a record we're about to talk about on TSOL, dance with me. Let me put it in in bold print. I like this Battalion of Saints record a lot more than I like Dance With Me. However, there's one song in Dance With Me that I think is fucking great. And remember it. Yes, right. And on Battalion of Saints, the whole record's really good. And if someone told me, yo, you're crazy. My mind's diseased is a fucking classic. Yo, awesome. And there's probably a few people who had like, this song on a mixtape or whatever, and it becomes one of your songs, those those songs that are classics to you, but maybe nobody else. I'm fucking with that. But like when if if you compare this to its peers or compare it to like, yo, there's no pure hate on this record. There's no self-abuse on this record. There's no in my headache on this record. Nope. Those are all songs off the first picture the first poison idea record that came out yeah. a year before this, you know? That's why Poison Idea gets propped and they, these guys don't necessarily do yeah you're not wrong so anyways this this is for the the kids if you like fast hardcore if you if you like the stuff that comes out on beach impediment if you like the stuff that comes out now if you like the unlawful assembly material if you like um La Vida you know, and Mas, oh yo suicide file that's a good point if you like stuff even there this record deserves some time and attention i think Folks from Battalion of Saints eventually went on to um, maybe spend time. What was the oh Pat? Uh, you're you're gonna remember this band, um, McFeeder's well, band. Members. McFeeder's band while he was in San Diego. Uh, uh, Wrangler Brutes. Wrangler Brutes. I believe some of these folks did some time in Wrangler Brutes. I, I've said this before. If you don't know that Wrangler Brutes record Zulu, it's fucking awesome and the demos are good too uh they're they i believe some of them did some time in a oh shit i gotta find this band but there was a there's a couple these were folks who were long lived in the punk scene and continue to make ripping hardcore uh 15 to 20 years after this record so that's kind of sick um it was so, 31 members yeah a lot, lot of a lot of time done spent in this band from what i understand short-lived in the original lineup and then were reformed and never did any notable material. Apparently, there's a newer release on Southern Lord. Maybe that's... I want to do an episode where we do the random one-off uh, reunion records. Like, Battalions of the Saints did a three-song seven-inch on Southern Lord in 2015. I love it. What is this about? Like, we need to, we need to listen to this. Like, like we'll, They've we'll been do, a band from 1995 to 2019. Right. But... But really, just playing like the hits, basically. So, yeah. quote unquote. All right. So, um, guys, this episode we're we're voting. We're in full control. So it's a majority wins. Carnivore Retaliation versus Battalion of Saints Second Coming. Patrick, start us off. I'm going Carnivore. I it's it's got lower lows for fucking sure. Yeah, but. It is conceivable to me that it is somebody's favorite band. Whereas Battalion of Saints, it is no disrespect to them, 
I understand this is a rough thing to say about somebody's life work. It is difficult to me to imagine that somebody, that Battalion of Saints is somebody's favorite punk or San Diego band. fast, hardcore punk kid. Sort of spiky yeah. hair, but loves negative approach. This could be their favorite band. From my town. Uh, I'm voting Battalion of Saints. I just think it's better. I'm with Bob. Battalion of Saints it is. There it goes. Battalion of Saints moves forward into the actual tournament. All right, guys, let's keep it moving quickly. Um, yeah. And since Battalion of Saints moves forward, we're staying in Southern California, uh, heading up to Orange County. Pat, when's the last time you were in Orange County? Not recent enough. You know I love it. I know. It's a nice place. <laughs> Yo, my my girlfriend doesn't have any context for Orange County except for the real housewives of Orange County. Oh, yeah. And, that's, that's all you need, really. And she asks, <laughs> why are they so into Jesus? <sighs> and I said, what do you mean? And she said, all of their bios and sometimes on the show, they all claim that they love Jesus then they go into the most vicious character assassination on each other ever. <laughs> so it'll be like, like it'd be like, if it wasn't for the love of the Lord Jesus Christ, I would say that your tit job is botched and you've got a hair, you got a hairy upper lip and you're disgusting and your husband cheats. And like, and it's like, wait, <laughs> why, why do you think it's okay to be this nasty? Yeah. And it's it's like, the equivalent of being like, you know, I'm not trying to be an asshole, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so, so she had no context for like, cause you know, they don't get, I, I'm sure they have an orange County in Australia, but the, there's not a one-to-one where she was like, why are they, I don't understand the Jesus thing. <laughs> yeah. There's gotta be, there's gotta be some like coast somewhere that has that energy. Um, I'm just learning now. I, I was going to say the big thing is the, the Trinity broadcast network being something you could notably see from the high. It's like the landmark in Orange County, but it's been sold. It's no longer owned by Trinity broadcast network. They, uh, they sold it in 2017 for $18.3 million. Good for them. It's an iconic asset in Orange County offers the new owner an incredible repositioning opportunity in prime location. Yo, how much of a douche do you have to be to be into commercial real estate in Orange County? Jesus. Oh, I mean, that's a lifestyle at that point. Yeah. God damn. All right. So um, we're entering Orange County, uh, specifically Huntington Beach. I, I think these are two primarily Huntington Beach, California bands. So that's funny that they're matched up. Uh, TSOL, Dance With Me, versus No For An Answer, A Thought Crusade. Um Let's start with Dance With Me because I gave a little bit of a tease already. Uh, this came out in 1981 on Frontier Records. Uh, it's punk. It's uh, unidentifiable as hardcore to me. Hmm. Uh, it is, uh, if you are a fan of um, Dead Kennedys or The Damned, yep. uh, th- this would be something that should be in your lane. Um, this might be some people when I said, uh, I, I can't favorite imagine bands, right. but it being somebody's favorite band. This is somebody's favorite band. Um, I just don't know them. I think they're, they're, <laughs> uh, they honestly, don't hang this, out with you. No. The, and this is going to sound weird because it, the, uh, you said 81. Is that right? 81. So obviously I like plenty of records from just in that lane. Right. So there's no reason that this should feel 
like a generational difference, but it really does. This, to me, sounds like the the punk that is older than I am mentally. Not, not like not emotionally. Just, no, 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 not just like they happen to be ten years older than me, but like love the same hardcore music I do. I mean, this is less negative approach and more like X. Yes. Yeah, yep. Yes. No, you're not. That's wrong. exactly right. Yep. And and like. I don't, you know, I, we don't go through life because we're of a certain age and like certain tribal identifiers aren't as important to us as they are to when we were very young. So I don't think we go through life ever like internalizing or, or, or externalizing this idea of, oh, I'm a hardcore kid. But like when I listen to this, I go, yeah, turn up the hardcore, bro. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I need some more hardcore uh, in the mix. Uh, so this for me was an interesting listen because if not for this, I, if not for this exercise, I don't know that I would ever give this record a shot. Uh, it's frankly, it's too punk for me. Uh, I think this record is, um, possibly the most punk record we'll have on this list. It kind of skated in like that. Um, it's, it's an odd record though to me because it is punk and you, you mentioned Dead Kennedys, you mentioned The Damned. I think those are good reference points. Um, I think it belongs in the catalog of anybody who celebrates like the SLA comp. If you are interested in the like goth punk, if you're into, you know, um, oh, geez, uh, 45 Grave. I mean, like if you're interested in the early LA punk scene, this should should certainly be something you know of or are aware of drum sound is way more in line with dead Kennedy's where it's like, they're clearly aware of and kind of pulling from some of the more surf elements. So on that level alone, I found some of this interesting, pretty, some of this record and this listen interesting overall, there was not nearly enough hardcore for me. I I really echo what you said there, Patrick, it does feel, you know, uh, without saying too punk for me, too punk for me. The one song on here that I love, like I, I found myself going back to and going, I think this song's just really good. Like this is just a great song. Is the song Silent Scream, which is the weird kind of goth song. Um, that it's the problem is that I go, I'm listening to it, and the only thing about it is I'm like, if a post-punk band took this song, they would just do it better. Even um, a marginal post-punk band could take this song and just just make it s- just sing in ways that it, it doesn't hear. But still, the original version of it, I'm, I find it quite charming. This record gets labeled as like goth punk. Death, blah, 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 blah. I don't think it's goth enough, and it doesn't move that way. It doesn't go post-punk enough. It's It's squarely like a punk record. It doesn't quite get hardcore enough. I think the parts where it flirts with hardcore, it's like the song Code Blue. It it gets fast, but like Patrick was saying that he didn't think the Carnivore record was all that fast. The Carnivore record uh, trounces this record in speed. No question. This is mid-tempo throughout. That's right. I, I think they... they uh, you know, we, we use the term trot for Ballad Italian the Saints, uh, gallop here and there. Um, and I, I think that Carnival record almost gets a double bass a couple times. This record just has, they're doing, they're not, 
they're not doing the fast punk hardcore beat that we come to know and love to be really honest um but silent scream is the song for me i actually really like that song i think people who like old california punk probably have already heard this record but if you haven't you should hear it and decide if it's for you yeah Large, also, largely I, this record's not for me but that song silent scream i found myself really charmed by in line with the california punk thing if if you like um Roner park and on ceremony yes you could sure. give, you could enjoy this depending on what elements thank you, you that's like. I, I was struggling to find a more prevalent uh more current band that to reference to say, hey, check this out if you like, you know. Tom, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. I mean, I think that's that's actually a really good comp. Um, I know. Uh, I, I think the only difference is it's like um, Ross doesn't do that. Like I'm singing like Fred Schneider from the B52s. True. That's I can't do the, it, man. That okay. So yeah, it's a pretty alienating thing if. For people that I can aren't, take it from Jello. That's about it. I can't take it from Jello. So like this type of thing loses me almost immediately. I had to like refigure my brain to get into it because I, I'm the same way as you, Tom. I, it, once you start doing that, very California thing. Once you start doing it, I uh, it's hard. It's rough on me. Yeah, the music cool. Like, and I guess this is like early. You know, it's not the damned, but it's soon thereafter. I guess mm-hmm. a couple of years after, whatever. Yeah, um, really close. It just, yeah, like it just, I, it's too. It's it's more like 1979 punk to me than 1982, whatever this record. Sure, no, there's just, this is. It, I couldn't imagine this playing next to Bad Brains. I'm sure it had, but I couldn't imagine it making sense. No, it feels it's 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 really um, feels more in line with the Golden Voice era than anything after. Yeah, um, and which and, is crazy now that Golden Voice like. Books Coachella. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I will say. I want to fuck a corpse. I'm like, I really got to get out of here. There were a lot of people who were in our, our mention saying that Change Today, the 84 TSOL record, is the one. But, yo, know, for me, since I got into punk, it was always Dance With Me. Like, that's the one people reference. I'm going to give Change Today uh, a shot because I think people are basically recommending, like, no, no, it's more, it's more hardcore. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's 84, you know. Um, but an interesting note about this band is that they, so here's their, their records, um, 81, 82, 84, 86, 87 live record, 88. I'm going to skip the live records. There's a fucking lot of them. 90, uh, dormant for the nineties, 2001, 2003, uh, 2009, 2017, so there's a couple big gaps. They've released a lot of material. I don't hear people talk about a lot of their material. No. And throughout the 90s, he was in that band Joy Killer. Yes. Well, and, and, and he – I, I, I don't know how much of um, this – okay. No, he came back for the new records. That's right. So he was not on Change Today, which people say, hey, it's the non-Jack Grisham record so uh do i are either of you familiar with this dude the guy who sang in tsol other than jack grisham yeah yeah didn't he run for like paul like he ran for some ran for like governor. office yeah i think he ran for governor when arnold won which uh yes he ran for governor in, in uh 2003 
I lived in California. I voted for Arnold Schwarzenegger. Why? Because <laughs> he was the fucking Terminator. Did he do a good job? No. Do I want to hear about it? No. <laughs> he was Arnold. He's, he's still fucking cool. I've seen Jack Grisham in 2011. Handsome guy. Yo, he looks Grisham. good. I, I, I think he's the best looking guy um, in the tournament so far. Pack, look at his, his uh, Wikipedia thing. Like He looks like an actor. He doesn't look like a punk dude. No, other than the weird glasses, I think he's doing really well. And even the glasses aren't too bad. He was in suburbia. Yeah. So I've seen that as a kid. So, um, all right, TSOL, dance with me. It sounds like none of us are too, too enthralled with this one. Um, no. But I will say the song Silent Scream. Patrick, if self defense took the song Silent Scream, I think you guys could do a lot with it. A lot. So I'll, I'll stay open. Keep, keep, keep it in mind. Uh, we're going to go to a decidedly hardcore record. No for an answer, A Thought Crusade. Released in 1989 on Hawker Records. This is the follow-up to their Revelation debut in 1988, the You Laugh EP. This record comes out a year later. Uh, Tom, why don't you start us off? There's speaking of voices, there's something about Dano's Dano Mahoney's voice that I can always listen to. Real okay. Whoa. This is gonna be a major bone of contention between And I don't know why, but there's just some like character to it. He sounds like that dude could sing on anything and you go, that Dano. Like you can tell it's him. So so to me, Tom, help me triangulate this. Yes. There's moments where I feel like he's pure Paul Bearer, but then Goes to Pat Dubar, like uniform choice. Definitely more Pat Dubar, yes. And then sometimes Cookie Monster, but not in the like um, grind core power bounce. But like in the like, no, no, like the Sesame Street character, like, yeah, like I forgot to cough before this take. Yes, yes. Um, So it's really fascinating. Um, Absolutely distinct vocal style. Patrick, I'm assuming you're not a fan. Uh, I hate it. Um, I think it's a good call on the uh, occasional Cookie Monster-ish, but the way that I would describe it is that it's a a dull Cookie Monster. Um, Like, I mean, literally, like, the sound is dulled. It's it's, uh, less aggressive. And uh, I do not care for his voice. I think this is a really interesting gap in my hardcore knowledge. Dano was not a figure in my life on any level. And his bands mean nothing to me. So we we should let's put a pin on that and talk about it more after we talk about this the record and the sound because there's a lot to say for this dude as a figure. So um the Tom, you were saying you really like the vocals, they pull you in. Yeah, and I always liked I like No For An Answer. I like Speak. I like 411. Like, yeah. It just, I mean, he does the same fuck. He found one thing and he just does it well. Um, and the music's standard Cali 1988 hardcore. Yeah. Like, I think it's cool. Like, I could listen to this. Like, it was totally, you know, it being on Hawker kind of sucks because it doesn't exist anymore. Yo, I mean, look, I'm, I'm going to send some text, but um, whether it's uh, Dano through Workshed or something or or Revelation proper doing this, this could this could be put on streaming pretty easily, and they should they should now Hawker was a was a Roadrunner thing, right? I believe so. 
I believe so. Because like they put out like rest in pieces because they put out that comp. Yes. And I think they yeah. did. Didn't Hawker do the last token entry LP? Yes. And they're all out there. This is the only one that's not out there. Which makes me wonder if there's intentions or plans or if the band got the rights back and have it. You know what I mean? Which which very sure. likely could happen. Um, okay. So, so uh, let me go to where I think this record musically to me is – Musically, it's kind of a middle point between Screaming for Change, Uniform Choice, Screaming for Change, and Youth of Today, Break Down the Walls, with a little extra flair. Um, there's a little bit of swagger on this record, like rocker swag, just in a few spots. And and I almost think the drummer does it, because there's a big difference between this LP and the 7-inch that, like, yo, of the early Rev 7-inches, Maybe I low rate the no for an answer seven inch because when I re-listened, I was like, oh, I like this more than I ever give it credit for. I you you will not hear me big up no for an answer very often just because it wasn't something like I got the seven inch early. Listen, it was like, oh, this is cool, but it it became a file away and it wasn't a regular listen. You know, like you know, side by side never became a file away. That was a record I always was listening to. Chain, always listening to. YOT, Bold, GB, Judge, all always listening to. But there were certain bands, No For An Answer being one of them, that became kind of file away for me. Um, this No For An Answer 7-inch is really fast. It deserves conversation when you talk about like late 80s straight edge stuff with Confront and Brotherhood more than it does with the Youth Crew stuff or the other Orange County stuff with maybe the exception of Hard Stance. But that's more chunky and, and moshier. This LP is more more vibrant and f- not not nearly as fast and blasting as the 7-inch. It's more in that like triumphant, big sound that Screamer for Change has. has that kind of like classic OC feel. But then there's definitely parts that you go, oh, this is like, shooting for some of those more anthemic parts of break down the walls. Um, so that kind of triangulates pretty right to me. I think that somewhere in there, I think this record has done a great disservice because I think that the first song is potentially the worst song on the record. The third song is relatively weak and the song I spy is cool, but this record hits a groove on the fourth song, not a thing that I think, goes almost to the end of the record and i'm like yo i bet that this record loses people in those first three tracks who listen to it traditionally because i own this lp at one point and never listened to it because i bet i would put it on and listen and drift after the first three songs and this listen i i listened a few times for for this for this exercise and i was actually really impressed not in a way that i put it as one of my favorite like hardcore records of this era or anything like that but i was like yo this is a a really good straight edge hardcore record of this time rant over (laughs) no i agree no i mean i i I like this i like this sort of that era of cali hardcore yeah um yeah and i just think he's like he's one of the og trolls and um no, I just thought he was like kind of ahead of his time with like some of the lyrics and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, I just like there's something about his voice that I just like. And I don't really like that kind of like he sounds you know the comedian Rob Riggle? Yes. <laughs> he sounds as if Rob Riggle was in a hardcore band. 
<laughs> wow. And it's something just – it's entertaining. You know what's fun is that I actually um, – if you asked me before listening to this LP what I think of Dano's vocals, I'd be like, eh, they're fine. I'm like not bothered, but I don't care. And I actually like them more in 411 and speak um, than I remember. But after listening to this, I'm like, yo, when he goes more for the Dubar thing, I'm in. Yeah. I'm in. I think it sounds really yeah, the good. The melody is pretty good. Yeah, yeah, and he's got a good clarity in his voice, but his his register is kind of low, so it's got its own thing going on. I, I'm into it. But but the when he goes Cookie Monster, I, I'm I'm I, he loses me a bit. Um, no, I'm with you. I'm not. Patrick, t- talk about this record musically. Uh, every element is undercooked. Mm. Um, there's some cool leads, and they bury them. Uh, <laughs> there's uh it, it it's it honestly and for fans of this who like are mad at the fact that i don't have any working understanding of uh, dano's discography uh I'm there. i i th- this has got to be the kid band in his in his life right yes no question no i mean okay even by 411 he's 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 kind of moving. Yeah, Carrie Nation more was after this, right? Carrie Nation is uh, kind of um, simultaneous. Simultaneous, but yeah, I, I have, that's a really good seven inch, actually. I think that this is like very, um, uh, it, like it's one of those things that if we listened to it on Axe to Grind, I would go. Uh, I'm. I think there's potential here. I'd, I'd be curious to do, hear what they do next. Mm. I and not even as a diss, just as a. Oh, every element to this seems like it needs more refining and m- maybe a, a little bit more time t- playing together. <laughs> I think Fair. so. Yeah, um, I think uh, we're gonna do we're gonna do the Patrick ranks all of the late eighties straight edge records at some point. Just, <laughs> just a, well, not you know. There's a lot. There's a lot. I think there's gonna be some that you actually do like and, and a lot that you you dislike, but. Um, Anyways, um, what was I going to say? Okay, so for references, I think that the song "Matter of Fact" um, and the yeah, the song "Matter of Fact." If you are a fan of Battery, you could like this. If you are a fan of the band Method of Doubt, I think you should check this band yep. out. Um, lyrically, uh, Dano's kind of been known for doing a little bit headier than normal hardcore vocal lyrics. I think it's a little less – there's a little – potentially a little less pretense here than on the 7-inch. Um, and that is to say that on the 7-inch, he wrote, I believe, and if he didn't, please someone correct me, I think he wrote it in iambic pentameter, um, which is a really smart fucking dude thing to do, but also uh, kind of has a, a thing with it. Um, this is a – really cool and it, there's a lot of self-reflective lyrics on here which you come to know but it's done from a uh, less genuflecting and more like hey i realize we're all here doing this but maybe maybe we can also espouse some self-criticism without you know it being self-hate and i think that's kind of a cool thing to be able to do especially in the straight edge scene at that time um, Dano is a figure like Tom. What is your understanding of Dano Mahoney? 
I thought he was always like he it was always like taking the piss of people. That's like my kind of like kind of like a big enough dude that he could talk shit and no one would do anything to him. Maybe like the West Coast choke. Oh, that, that's an interesting comparison. Oh yeah, I don't know. No, that's a good. I mean, comparison. vocally too. Yeah, but I always, I always, I, I never saw any of. I mean, I saw speak. That was like the first time. Um, but I think you know that was like always like his reputation was that he was like pretty confrontational. I mean, yeah. There's actually the song, um, the song on this record, "Answer Me." I thought was a really interesting lyrical kind of uh, admission of that. It was basically him talking about being sort of confrontational. Uh, I thought that was a really, and I I didn't look up the lyrics. I just know listening to it. Um, I thought it was kind of an interesting thing talking about like I'm trying to talk no one answers me no one will ever answer me what is the difference from flock to flock are we so different or is it just talk it seems so self-righteous that we stand apart blah, 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 blah. Um, I think it's interesting um, he he was known as a provocateur and kind of a heady dude and I think that rubbed people the wrong way he wasn't in that Sam McFeeder zone but he also wasn't not you know what I mean yeah, but I mean, Sam McFeeder's also backed down when shit got hot. Yeah, I don't think this dude backed down. That's the one no. difference. I think this dude was um, – and that's kind of where where you're probably right with the I'm going to put him in the choke category. So um, so shout out. This dude also, by the way, has continued to do bands. Uh, has continued yeah, to stay I can't creative. take that away from him. No. This, this is a proper musician. Continue and, – and I mean I think uh, not – for not to speak on anyone's pockets because I certainly have no insight on that, but but from the outside looking in, does it purely for the creative outlet? You know, it doesn't seem like he's making any sort of uh, bank from doing any of his music projects, and continues to write. By the way, I think he's a writer and has written a couple books. I, I don't know if they're all self released or he's had a few major releases, but he's you know he's he's a creative guy, and so shout outs to him. Um, uh, certainly somebody who is there. Patrick, do you think No For An Answer is anyone's favorite band? It would be very difficult for me to imagine that anybody except for the people that were in the front row at those shows would ever consider this their favorite band. I say this with no malice. I think that this is even somebody who really likes this band wouldn't put them above some of the juggernauts of the genre. It would be hard to put this above uniform choice. And I think the, the members of the band would say, well, no, definitely not. That is, of course not, you know, um, because I think if you actually talk to some older folks in Orange County, for a set of people who got into, hard, into hardcore in Orange County, say post-TSOL, not, not the TSOL golden voice shit, for the people who came in on the next wave, which is pretty early, uniform choice to many of them is just as important as the Bad Brains, just as important as to Cro-Mags, just as important as Minor Threat. Um, and so, so no, I, I don't think there's anybody who's, who's calling No For An Answer their favorite band. That said... To move forward, they don't need to be your favorite band. The question here, TSOL, Dance With Me, or No For An Answer, A Thought Crusade? Tom, give it to us first. I'm going to go No For An Answer. Patrick, 
I honestly could flip a coin. But you're going I, to say? I think I'm going to say, honestly, I probably got more uh, out of the TSOL record. As crazy as that is, because I wasn't wild about it. Despite my feelings on the song Silent Scream, I'm going for No For An Answer, A Thought Crusade. A record that, honestly, I think um, deserves more time and attention. I'm looking at it right now. You can go and buy this record on Discogs for not a lot of money. So people should go get it. Good record. Um, So, guys, moving forward, we have No For An Answer, Thought Crusade, and Battalion of Saints, Second Coming. SoCal Hardcore. Um, Hell yeah. Yo, everybody, enjoy. we got a lot more of this stuff coming up where we're going to talk about records. Uh, want to hear what you guys think of this? these records. Maybe we'll throw up some polls that don't really impact the outcome, but will be fun to talk about. Yeah. Um, yo. Don't yell at us. Yeah. yeah. Well, well yell, at, yell at me or Patrick. Leave Tom out of it. He's, he's the good guy. <laughs> well, um, no. If you're going to yell at us, then you can yell at me too. But like, <laughs> yell at Pat if you want. Yes. No, um, but like, you know, don't be like, I can't believe that you never listen to. Oh, yeah. Don't hit me with that I can't bullshit. believe. Um, uh, Patrick, uh, final thoughts. Do you think you're going to find more records that you like that you were unfamiliar with or more records that you dislike that you were unfamiliar with from the 80s? I think probably like, but I think by the thinnest of margins. <laughs> Tom, how about you? Because I think you were pleasantly surprised with the Battalion of Saints and. Yes. Yeah. I know you. Yeah, I knew no for an answer. answer. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) I'm gonna say um, probably more that I'm I'm happily surprised by than disappointed in. Feeling it. Good energy. Let's go. Peace.